You get more out of life when you go out to a movie. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Delicious things to eat. The popcorn can't be beat. The sparkling drinks are just dandy. The chocolate bars and the candy. So let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Hello, welcome once again to Halloween Boutique Psychotronic Reviews. I am one of your co-hosts, Philip, from the state of New Hampshire in the U.S. of A., and with me in the state of New York. Hi, this is Mike. Mike, how are you, sir? I am fine, Phil. How are you? Doing all right. And and, the Commonwealth of Virginia? Hey, this is Barrett. Barrett, how are you, sir? Good. Excellent. And in the state of Missouri? Good evening. This is Kevin. Kevin, how are you, sir? Extremely thankful for air conditioning. There you go. Yeah, I heard it's very hot in the Midwest. Absolutely. Uh, oh, real our, feel of 120. Yeah, that's 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 hot. Uh, and uh, what is it right here? It's uh, right now. It's 80 in New Hampshire. Uh, and in the uh, province of Alberta, Canada. It's Sean. Everybody, hope you're doing well. Indeed, indeed. And in the state of Illinois. Am I right, or is it Wisconsin? Yep, Wisconsin. It's Wisconsin. Hi. And who, and who are you? <laughs> Hi, this is Amy. Amy, how are you? I'm doing great. How about yourself? I'm doing all right, too. All right. So uh, for folks who are new to the podcast or are our regulars, basically what we uh, are is a podcast that talks about uh, various things. Like, well, actually, Barrett, what do we talk about? You usually explain it really the best. <laughs> uh, we talk about everything um we can talk about books uh we have a special um month in june where we do lgbtq movies every week um we do interviews with writers with actors with directors and we do lots of different movies but we probably stick more to genre films and um horror sci-fi stuff that doesn't get done in dark discussions Indeed, indeed. Yeah, a lot of cult films and things like that. Uh, basically, we try to talk intelligently about a genre that deserves intelligence. Um, so uh, we do have a website, which is www.darkdiscussions.com. Uh, that's where you can find this podcast, as well as all the other podcasts that any of your co-hosts that you hear on this podcast will appear on. Uh, we do have an email, which is darkdiscussions at AOL.com. So uh, just put in Halloween Boutique Psychotronic Reviews or Halloween Boutique or uh, HBPR or something like that in the subject. So we know the podcast is, or let me rephrase, that email is for this podcast, and we will read your email on this podcast. Um, Also, um, what else do we have on www.darkdiscussions.com? Sean. 
so on the link you can, or on the website, you can also click on the Patreon link, which will take you to Patreon, which is the way that you can support different creators. In this case, support the Dark Discussions podcast. Uh, the podcast itself is released free to everyone. However, there's a ton of costs behind the scenes that usually are taken care of by Phil. Um, so anything that you would be able to donate each month, even if a dollar a month, makes a difference. Uh, every $5 that you're able to, to donate each month, well, you can actually go into a draw then to have a movie that you'd like a review done on, which will be done in the draws every quarter. And then what happens is, depending on what uh, the movie is, it will either be on the main discussion, my main, uh, sorry, main dark discussions feed or one of the sister podcasts, depending on where it falls genre wise. But any support you can provide is a, a appreciated. If you don't have the financial wherewithal, just sharing the podcast, sharing the information on social media helps too. Anything like that to get the, the word out there helps and is appreciated. And thank you for supporting us as long as you have. All right, very well. Yes, indeed, indeed. And we thank everybody that uh, does participate. Not too many people do, but those handful that do, uh, thank you for your help. Since uh, though we do all this for free and whatnot, uh, there are expenses, including um, hosting fees and the like. Um, all right, so um, what's that, Amy? I'm back. I, my phone hung up on me for some reason. Oh, there you go. Well, that's all right. Uh, we didn't even know you had disappeared. You, we were just doing the, the house cleaning, so everything worked out fine. Um, all right, okay. so I think we're uh, about to start our review of something. So, uh, Sean, what are we going to be discussing tonight? Uh, tonight we're going to be discussing The Suicide Squad, a movie by James Gunn that came out in 2021. Robert Dubois. He's in prison for putting Superman in the ICU with a kryptonite bullet. You're not joining your suicide squad. We'll see. My court date is coming up. And Miss Wallace and maybe you can help me out. You're switching in my door! Everyone stand down. Miss Waller, I don't... Stand down! I wouldn't take such extreme measures if this mission went more important than you could possibly imagine. Are you in? out. Good. Let's meet your team. It's okay, I'm not okay. Each member is chosen for his or her own completely unique set of abilities. I need to feel the raindrops on my head, on my head. Hey guys, sorry I'm late. Let's go number two. Good to know. Is this thing a dog? A dog? What kind of dog do you think it is, mate? I'm gonna go with Afghan hound. Oh my god, is it a werewolf? Yo, he's turning into a werewolf! Yo, let me out! Hey, he's not a werewolf, okay? He's a weasel. He's harmless. I mean, he's not harmless. He's killed 27 children, but, you know. Your mission is to destroy every trace of something known only as Project Starfish. Any questions? Starfish is a slang term for a butthole. Think there's any connection? No. No. All right. Let's get it. This is suicide. Well, that's kind of our thing. I'm a superhero! I'm 
trust my dad. I'm going to get you out of here alive. I'm going to get you out of here alive. Ratatouille, what do you got? Bird. <laughs> now, now, stay off the comp. Uh, that's right. James Gunn's uh, written and directed uh, The Suicide Squad, uh, a standalone sequel kind of sort of uh, the one from 2016. Uh, the film is part of the new James Gunn DC universe, uh, which uh, he's now uh, fully involved in and I think most of the projects. Yeah, kind yeah, of, sort of. I, I assume, like, Blue Beetle and stuff are, are just older films that were made before yes, he showed he's up. he's just locked with them. <laughs> yeah, so once the all, <laughs> yeah, so once all those films go by, uh, we'll, we'll hopefully see more of uh, his stuff. Uh, this film here stars a number of uh, uh, big names, uh, both in starring roles and cameos. Uh, Margot Robbie, Idris Elba, John Cena, Joel Kinnaman. Uh, Viola Davis, Sylvester Stallone, um, uh, uh, Pete Davidson, Michael Rooker, among uh, numerous other folk uh, that people have seen here or there, including David Dast Melchian, who uh, actually was uh, just recently in a film, uh, The Voyage of the Demeter, playing a completely different role in that film than in this film. Uh, the film was a critical success. And um, its budget was huge, but uh, it, it barely made money, uh, but uh, it was enough to uh, sh- skyrocket uh, James Gunn into a leading role uh, in the Warner Brothers DC Universe. Uh, so I guess we can go around and discuss uh, how we heard about this film and what we thought about this film. And uh, so we'll start with you, Mike. Uh, I am a fan of comic book films and a fan of James Gunn. And so, yeah, I knew this was coming for that reason. I saw this in theaters. I was one of the seven people who did that um, because this came out uh, during the pandemic. Well, towards the tail end of the pandemic, it came out in June or July of 2021 uh, and did not do well at all. Um, and I know they blame it on the, the the box office on the pandemic, but I think that's a little bit of a stretch because there were things that came out in that time that did much better. Uh, nevertheless, yeah, I it, it did disappointingly, but I love the film. Uh, I think this rated as my top uh, non-horror genre entertainment of 2021, uh, and certainly one of the most rewatchable. Um, and I think it's probably the best. Uh, comic book film, I think, to come out since Avengers Endgame. Um, so I really enjoyed it. I, I think it's a blast. I think it's got a wonderfully dark sense of humor uh, and decent ca- character development, good action. My only complaint would be it's a little on the long side, but that's just, that's complaining about too much of a good thing. All right, sounds good. Uh, let's go with you, uh, Kevin. Yeah, I really didn't know too much about this, actually. I I heard about the first Suicide Squad, and I have to confess, I didn't even know they made a second one. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, but I watched this 
because we were going to do this episode, and I found myself enjoying it very much. All right, sounds good. Uh, let's go with you, Amy. Hi. Um, I do not remember how I first heard about it because it was a long-ass time ago. <laughs> I probably saw it on um, the – what is the comic book page on Facebook? It's like CMB or something like that. Um, but I probably saw it on there, and um, it has, like, everything that I would like because it's got, like, all the good stars, and um, it's got James Gunn. Oh, that's my cat. My cat wanted to say hi. Um, uh, I love James Gunn. I loved his um, Guardians of the Galaxy work, and uh, it just he's got, like, a really good, deep sense of humor, like, um, that has, like, kind of a lot of, like, notes going back to um, old movies and old uh, songs and stuff, and that's really my um, my wheelhouse. Like, for instance, they use Just a Gigolo, um, the song, and that's actually, like, one of my family's favorite songs. They love uh, Louis Prima, and, um, I mean, there's a lot of people who wouldn't have any idea who that is. So, yeah. All right, sounds good. Uh, let's go to you, Sean. Uh, so I was aware of it because they had talked about the fact that when there had been a fallout with James Gunn's Twitter account and Disney had stepped away from him, then DC had made arrangements in, to talk into bringing him in to do the Suicide Squad. Uh, and I was hopeful because the first Suicide Squad movie was not great. And my hope was, knowing what James Gunn has done with Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, his work in Dawn of the Dead and stuff, I trust that he would bring a good approach to it. And because I, I, I don't know, I'm kind of hit and miss with the DC stuff. And but I felt maybe this will be the new change they need to kind of get more coherent in their process. And plus, I just love the fact that like. He's so in, he's so involved in doing the soundtrack and like picking the specific songs that he uses in each of his movies and stuff, and they always tend to be very good. So I was hopeful that this would be good, and then when I finally had a chance to see it, I was very very pleased with how it turned out because I thought it was one of the best DC movies that I can say in the since the Christopher Nolan Batman trilogy. All right. Sounds good. Um, yeah, for me, um, yeah, I, I mean, I heard about it, but uh, I, I kind of just ignored it because I know the the prior DC stuff had, had been mediocre, not including anything that was related to Christopher Nolan or uh, the Joker with uh, Joaquin Phoenix. Um, what about Wonder Woman? Oh yeah, those, those yeah, those were good too. I, I enjoyed those. Uh, they, they weren't great films, but I, I enjoyed them a lot. Yeah, because that's a fair point. So um, th this one here, um, I, I know Birds of Prey was okay and, and stuff too, but had some issues. And I'm a fan of a number of actors in this film, including Margot Robbie. Um, but I just ignored it. Um, and then uh, we decided to do the James Gunn stuff. Uh, DC stuff, um, and uh, I, I uh, like um, the Twitter fallout that Sean mentioned. Yeah, that kind of like was some of the stuff that he wrote was kind of gross. 
so I can see why he did get some backlash. Um, but obviously, um, um, people can 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 take things like that out of context, even if they are gross. Um, but um, I've, I've always been a fan of him from his, uh, his screenplay writing with Romeo and Juliet and uh, Dawn of the Dead, uh, which is probably my favorite zombie film of all time, um, the, the remake, and uh, Belko Experiment, among other films as well, including um, uh, Slither. And so I've always liked his work, even if uh, he, he may be a controversial figure. Um, so I watched the film for the first time last night, uh, finally, after uh, all the hubbub. And, um, yeah, I thought the film was really good. It's a really great film. So um, I, I would think – I like what Mike said, where it may be the best film DRR, superhero film since a certain thing. But I'll even go – better with um, what you said, Sean, and say it's it's the best superhero film, not including the Joker, of course, um, since the Batman, Christopher Nolan films for superhero films. Uh, so yeah, big thumbs up. Uh, really good. And uh, yeah, I, I uh, love it. And I can see the rewatch value, even if it is a long film. Uh, let's go with Barrett. Yeah, um, pretty much everything has been said, but um, yeah, I've liked James Gunn for a long time. One of my favorite movies is Slither. I love that movie, which also has Michael Rooker and uh, Nathan Fillion in it. Um, he tends to reuse a lot of actors, which is good. Um, he has great soundtracks. This, I would agree this is one of the best comic book movies made. I am not one of those people that dislikes the original Suicide Squad um, I think it has its place. Um, I enjoyed it, but this one is way, way better. Um, it's a really fun film with a lot of really good humor and a lot of unexpected plot points and things like that. So, yeah, really good movie. I'm there. Right, so. I'm the first one. Keep on going. Keep on going, Amy. Oh, I was saying that um, I'm with you on the first one. I actually liked it, too. Yeah. All right. So it uh, appears that uh, everybody uh, on the podcast uh, liked this film uh, quite a bit. Um, so uh, with that, uh, Barrett, do we have a wiki? We do. Wiki, wiki, wiki. Supervillains, Harley Quinn, Bloodsport, Peacemaker, and a collection of nutty cons at Bell Reeve Prison join the super-secret, super-shady Task Force X as they are dropped off at the remote, enemy-infused island of Corto Maltese. All right, that sounds good. Uh, doesn't give away too much. Yeah. Um, so Kind of like, like the previews didn't really give away too much either. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, basically, uh, just expand on that. Um, so Corto Maltese used to be a a country that wasn't a big deal to the United States. They had a, a coup, and the new leader uh, was not pro-United States. So uh, this is when the black ops of bringing in the Suicide Squad uh, occurs. Uh, at least that's what they say. Um, Yes, let me the, just. Quarter uh, Maltese is a a place that's been in the DC Comics universe since I think 1986. It was created by 
uh, Frank Miller for his Dark Knight Returns, and it was basically oh. your your stand-in for your uh, Central American uh, country in the mid-'80s, whether, you know, Nicaragua or Colombia or El Salvador or what have you. And um, I know it was mentioned in uh, the 1989 Batman movie because Vicky Vale, you know, they talk about her pictures from Cordo Maltese. So it's one of these things that's been around for a while. Um, DC obviously has a long history of making up fictional places, it's like whether it's Metropolis or Gotham, Star City, things like that. Cordo Maltese is sort of their generic uh, South and Central American country, and they have another one. There's Qatar, uh, not Qatar, but it's spelled differently, but it's um, in uh, the, as their stand-in for their generic Middle Eastern country. You know, that's the way they get around. They can do the stories without getting too specific in, in terms of and in terms of contemporary politics. Yeah, right. In right. Kandak as well. There's another another. That's uh, another place because that's where Black Adam comes from. Right. Right. Uh, now, Amy, you were, you were saying something. Oh, I was just asking if Puerto Montes was a real place or not, and he answered me. Gotcha. Um, all right. So, uh, for folks who are new to the podcast or our regular listeners, uh, what we do here is basically uh, we don't just review films. So uh, we just did our review, um, but basically what we do also is critique and dissect. Uh, so we talk about anything and everything, including uh, the twists and turns and the ending and um, the cameos and all these other things that uh, are here in the film. Um, so we try to decipher what the writers, the directors, the uh, producers and whatnot are trying to portray and whatnot, because sometimes these films, even if they are quote-unquote general entertainment, there may actually be some uh, more in them than meets the eye. Uh, but before we do that, uh, because we will throw a spoiler alert up at that point, but before we do that, we generally talk about general stuff, and uh, I assume we have a lot of general stuff to talk about because, uh, you know, uh, superhero films, where this fits, uh, the various characters involved, because there is a large ensemble cast of characters, uh, and just where uh, we think the James Gunn universe is going to go, and anything else that we want to talk about related to the film that isn't spoilers, we usually do prior to throwing up the spoiler alert. So uh, we'll, we'll get into that section right now, which is general stuff. Uh, so uh, where, where do we want to start? Anybody want to bring up anything that's general that wouldn't be spoilerly, but could be related to the film or the plot? Well, I, just, well, I was just going to... Oh, go ahead. I said, before we even got started on that, I want to throw in uh, my two cents on the, um, and a little, the context for the, the James Gunn tweet incident. Uh, that was something Disney knew about before they hired him. He had, you mentioned Tromia and Juliet. Uh, that is a thing that uh, employees of Troma are encouraged to do, which is to just basically make very off-color jokes. That's uh, that's just the, the sense of humor in those offices. Um, and that's what it was about. And then what happened is, even though it had been out for years, uh, he had James Gunn had made some political tweets that upset some people, and so they decided to go after him and try to get him canceled. And that's basically how that ended up uh, uh, coming up to the uh, the fore uh, as a result of that. So that's what happened. Disney walked it back pretty quickly because he had the support of all of his actors. Uh, nobody's ever suggested seriously that anything he said on those tweets were serious. 
or intended to be taken seriously. So, and, uh, and it, it is a strange time in uh, society anyway with the past few years where uh, things that were one time uh, either known as a joke or not even considered offensive are now considered offensive. And uh, uh, it was during uh, a time of uh, the Me Too and and – and well, making jokes about pedophilia were always going to be offensive. Uh, I don't think there's a lot of times in history where they wouldn't have been, but you know, but they were still recognized that they were jokes. If you look at um, Mr. Uh, uh, America's Dad, Bob Saget had a uh, you know was the father in uh, Full House and Fuller House and uh, host for decades of uh, I think of America's Funniest Home Videos. If you ever saw his stand-up, he had a very twisted and dark sense of humor. He's raunchy. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, and you know that's that's just a particular style of humor that's not going to work for everybody, and that's fine. But nobody ever accused Bob Saget, even if he had made an occasional uh, pedophile joke uh, uh, about his girlfriend being 12 years old or something. Nobody nobody ever took it right, to be what, serious. What, what was I, what was the name of that? What's the name of that TV show where there's a baby that talks and a dog that talks, and it's a cartoon? Family um, Guy. Yeah, Family Guy. Yeah, that that has a big running joke of of the old elderly guy next door that's basically a pedophile. It's a pedophile. Yeah, and and it, I mean it's it's a big problem. I mean, uh, as Mike knows, my, and I myself know, uh, one of the best players in baseball was just suspended for uh, underage uh, relations with with women who weren't of age, and uh, he'll never play baseball ever again. Probably not. Uh, if, if, it, yeah. if it holds up. Yeah, if it holds up. And, and she it, was. It is looking bad. Well, it's, it is multiples now, not just one. Yeah, fourteen is pretty okay. bad. So, yeah, so it, it's it's a big problem. So it is touchy to to joke about it. But um, again, I think it's like you said, Mike. It's it was one of those things where uh, the time um, of of where we are today, uh, we have these issues where um, people are being canceled left and right for. Uh, innocuous things or, or purposely taken out of context uh, about things. And I'm not saying well, and was, but as a com- as a comedian, you're supposed to take things to the edge. And if they can't, if this is the way things are, it makes things a lot more difficult for a comedian. That's for sure. Well, you have to take things to the edge. I mean, I'm sorry, I mean, you get somebody like uh, Bob Newhart or you know, yeah, God forbid, Bill Cosby. Yeah, ba- you know, they, back they have then, safe humor. Yeah, uh, then. but but there, there's there's room for everything. There's room for for wholesome humor, uh, like I think Jim Gaffigan probably was one is one of them, uh, off the top of my head. Uh, and then there's that one room for edgy humor, you know, like say Louis C.K. or uh, Dave Chappelle. So yeah, it's it's fine. My point is that all it was ever was jokes. There was never any uh, anyone who's ever made any serious charges about any sort of inappropriate behavior. Uh, James Gunn seems to have inspired a lot of loyalty in the people that he works with. Um, and like I said, a lot of the people came to bat for him. Uh, people like Dave Bautista saying he never would, would, he would never play the, the role again if, uh, uh, he would not come back and do Guardians 3 if James Gunn wasn't doing it. Um, and that's kind of forced Disney's hand, I think. They, they just faced an enormous backlash for that. So it was an unfortunate incident, and he ended up profiting quite a bit from it. <laughs> because that, he did well with this and, uh, uh, Got the got the now running the DCU gig, and the other thing I want to say for this is I just finished listening to the commentary track. Um, I have no shortage of complaints about how Warner Brothers has handled their business, and specifically how they've handled the DC Comics films 
uh, going back to Man of Steel, and but they often didn't seem to know what they were doing, and there's always a lot of interference. Um, I lukewarm on the, the first Suicide Squad film. I, I like the characters. I like the actors. I thought the story was garbage. Uh, that was a film that was that was heavily edited in post production, and you can basically watch the uh, um, watch the history of the DC movies as a reaction to whatever the last big thing was. Dark Knight successful, we're going to make a Dark Superman. Guardians uh, of the Galaxy is successful, we're going to make Suicide Squad a comedy. And a lot sometimes these things were were changes being made in the middle of filming or after filming. Um, it, it was a mess, but ironically, uh, this is one of the best ones uh, since Christopher Nolan, and it seems to be the only one where the studio basically told him he could do whatever he wants, which is probably how they got him to, to agree to do it in the first place, since he was hired as a free agent. Well, I'll, uh, I, I'll throw in the Joker, too, but again, that may not be... That's, a, yeah, that that's a little universe. bit of a different thing because, like, yeah. I wouldn't. I mean, I have no idea about Todd Phillips and his background, uh, but he basically made the Joker because he realized he wasn't going to be able to make a movie like that if it was not about a superhero. Um, I have no right. idea, like, if he has the same. Like, James Gunn, I know, is a comic book nerd. Uh, I know he has affection yeah. for these characters and familiarity with the. With well, the, Phillips the, is is a big big comic director. So, uh, comic meaning funny, like like James right. Gunn humor. But yeah, I don't know if he's a nerd, but I assume he is. Uh, but he may also be uh, interested in, in making more dark drama type thrillers anyway, and this was his opportunity to do it by grabbing onto the superhero. So that's a fair point, Mike, whether or not he uh, is a fan of comic books or not. Um, you can tell um, very much that James Gunn does have affection for these characters. That's one thing that seems to always show in um, almost all comic book movies. Like, if the director really likes the characters, really understands the story, they can do a good comic book movie. But it seems like so many don't understand the characters. I mean, I'm, all of the horrible comic book movies that came before X-Men, um, it's it's remarkable. But I, you can tell that James Gunn really likes these, these characters, Guardians of the Galaxy characters, and, like, he can inhabit them, like, in, in his mind, like, he understands where they're coming from and, like, their motivations. And I really appreciate that a lot. It also depends on who it is. Like, um, Brian Singer, speaking of people who have allegations, uh, was a big fan of Superman. But Superman Returns wasn't that good. And I think part of it is because his take on Superman is just a little different from what the average fan's take on Superman was. And he couldn't distinguish between his personal take on Superman and what everybody else kind of wanted to, might have wanted to see. And Mike, um, I also that was weird about Stinger too was that he came out. I swore he came out and he said he did not ever read the X Men comics. And, he didn't. And, and, yeah, and so they and yet they gave him the movie and it was that was kind of bizarre. Yeah, but it also gave him, I think, and this is where the advantage is, is that if you can, if you're a fan, you can be too close to the material. I think with the X Men, he he the distance helped and he recreated it in a lot of ways. Um, in, in, in ways that I think help. I think uh, that's a whole other topic of conversation. And I think at the same time, you can take somebody like Sam Raimi. Sam Raimi understood Spider-Man. Uh, at the same time, he was a Spider-Man fan of the Spider-Man when he was growing up in the 60s and 70s. And when he was forced to include Venom, who he's not a fan of, I think it very much shows 
in Spider-Man 3. Uh, so it really just depends on who you're talking about and, and who it is. I think being a fan can help, and I think being a fan can hurt, depending on how uh, the, the manner in which you interpret it as a fan. I don't think it's a horrible thing. I don't think it's a, a, a great thing, but it, it certainly can be a useful tool. I think James Gunn has, the, has a good grasp on who these characters are. And it helps that he picks obscure characters. Like, if you screw up Javelin, nobody's going to give a shit. Well, right, right, because they don't, they don't, they're not as familiar with, with him as, as – unless you're, like, a true nerd. Yeah. So that's a fair point. Um, all right, so with the James Gunn items out of the way, uh, meaning his, his Twitter allegation issues, um, what else did we want to talk about that was generic to this film and the DC Universe and James Gunn and, and whatnot? Well, I was just going to throw out the thing about John Cena. Yeah, and go ahead. Again, coming from a person who's watched the wrestling, I've seen John Cena do stuff and he just looked uncomfortable or robotic. And it felt like with Peacemaker, and then we'll talk about it when we do our other show on Peacemaker, he seemed to just get that character perfect. Yeah. And it just seemed well, to just... <laughs> I, I think, I think you know what? There was one film that brought him uh, to A-lister. Um, before that, and um, that was um, is it the, what the hell's the, the film where he plays the dad and his and his kids their kids go to a prom or something, and I forget the name of it, but it, he was they raved about how great he was in that film, and uh, I'm trying to f- find the name of it. The reunion, maybe uh, I don't know. Yeah, maybe that it was called the, the other reunion? thing I was going to no, say too was the that. Reunion. Uh, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll figure it out. But but either way, wait, go ahead. Yeah. So the other thing I was going to say, it's just funny because he picked Batista to be Drax for in Guardians, and he goes to the the wrestling well again and gets Cena to be Peacemaker, and it seems they're just perfect in the roles that they're chosen for. Yeah, blockers. Could, blockers was the film. Blockers. Anyway, continue, Sean. Yeah. So no, I just thought it was very interesting because usually you don't. There, there doesn't seem to be that same appreciation. Like, The Rock is maybe one of the few wrestlers that's been able to have some success with, you know, be, and outside of the wrestling bubble in Hollywood. But you, it's very rare for anyone else to have that kind of success and be associated with the like something as, you know, successful as this was. Right, right. Yeah, Dave Bautista, obviously, with with uh, James Gunn as well. He's had some success, right? Um, but and and if you have not seen Knock at the Cabin, uh, I like the movie. I think we generally were positive, um, but, but I guess not everybody who's seen the movie says yeah. he's fantastic in that film. So yeah, he's the only reason to re- rewatch yeah. that film. Uh, I mean, it's a good film generally, but but it's not a great film. But his performance is, is absolutely phenomenal. Dave Bautista, yeah, I would concur, Mike. It makes sense that the wrestlers would be good actors because I mean, with the wrestling thing. Okay, spoiler alert wrestling's not real um they they are actors you know they they really like go into their parts and stuff and it's it's extra funny um if you guys watch the uh young rock i think it is or um i'm not sure exactly what the name of it is but yeah, the show about, about the yeah. rock going to um uh, some president and he does a lot of stuff when he was a kid like a lot of memories 
and they they talk about how they they do their like skits and stuff like that and how they get into their characters and um it's it's kind of fascinating like hearing all of that and like learning about their weird private lives like I mean, it's not like super weird it's but it's just like uh, it's like a strange family and i think like if you get into it you and get their kind of humor it like works with you and i think that's part of the reason that he's able to find such good um wrestlers i i think it depends i um i'm i say as someone who's not a, a fan of pro wrestling um i know not casting aspersions, it's just not my thing. Um, but, like, The Rock, charismatic as hell, but he plays The Rock. Um, that's that's his range, that's what he does. Uh, I don't think he plays anything more or less than that. And I think that's the history of an awful lot of these athletes turned, uh, turned performers, when it's like Arnold Schwarzenegger, who was a bodybuilder beforehand, or Jesse Ventura, or what have you. Very few can actually play characters and I think certainly Dave Bautista does I haven't seen John Cena play anything where he's not kind of the way he is um, but what James Gunn had said in the commentary is that he's a he, a lot of his stuff is improv and he's very see Barkers. very good Barkers. and he's very good at, at improving the humor um, and I think a really good example of that is if you watch the Peacemaker TV show I think in episode 2 his dance. Uh, what's that? His dance. Uh, well, no, that's the dance. The, the one where, uh, so they have they they someone is framed for uh, a murder, and Peacemaker's upset with who they chose to frame, and John Cena just starts ripping on all these people that they could have framed instead. Oh, that was and great. Yeah. They, and they show an extended version of that during the credits. <laughs> yes. Um. And it's it's just the names he pulls out. I, I thought it's hysterical, and you could tell he's just completely riffing off the top of his head of whatever name comes to mind. Um, and, and it's it's good. It's very very good. So and he's good at laughing at himself too. I think that's yeah yeah being able important. to have awareness when he's doing his character. Right. I think that's what makes his character. You know, because I mean, if you think, if you take away the personality and the stuff that you see in Peacemaker, this is a pretty despicable person. <laughs> but he makes, yeah. he he gives the quality to that character, right? And again, I think that well, goes back as well to James Gunn, just you know, having a respect for creating a story that people can actually enjoy. There's that. I don't think he don't minds think- being laughed at. Yeah. Now, I think if you look like him, <laughs> maybe. Make being laughed at a little better, um, but uh, you know his his character is is very deadpan and will say the most ridiculous and at sometimes um, you can argue offensive things, but you can tell the way he plays it. The character believes it and believes the stupidity that he uh, yeah. that he's saying, and he's, right, and he right. never betrays the fact that he's in on the joke. I want peace so much I'll kill any man, woman, or child in order to get it. Right. Right. Uh, the best line though was was the 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 dick on the dicks on the beach line. He goes, he goes <laughs> they go why why she goes why would anybody want to put dicks on the beach? He goes how would I know what a super uh, dictator just wants to do on the beach? Yeah. <laughs> or whatever he said was hilarious. I, I I literally just had to replay that like three times. It was hilarious. <laughs> So yeah, yeah, he's. Uh, I, I can see why they they decided to use his character 
as the spinoff, and it wouldn't surprise me after the film was made when uh, the Peacemaker's character had uh, a various plot point that happens later in the film why um, or, or how it was possible that they may have decided after the film was made to say, you know what? We got, we're going to use this guy in a, in a TV series, and so let's add a, a thing at the end to show uh, him in the hospital, and he's and he's he's getting ready to come back or something. You know, well, so, I'm trying to remember how long it was from when the movie was released to when they announced Peacemaker, because we know Peacemaker yeah. happened in January of last year, right. but I'm not sure if it was like within you know the Suicide Squad is released, and oh by the way, now we're doing the you know. The Peacemaker series. Well, well and that's why I'm, th I'm thinking maybe they they added the the end credit sequence and filmed it a lot. You know, maybe months and months later because they said, "Oh, this is this this is this character is going to be the fan favorite." The, you know, what, what what do you call that, Mike? The the, the breakout character. Breakout character. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, and I think it's been referred to as the Fonz the Fonzie character, right? Who's the breakout character in the sitcom? Right, you know, right. Like, I think in, in modern parlance, it would be who would be the Kramer. Um, right. So one one interesting thing, if you if you know your comic book movies, so the Peacemaker was originally a character from Carlton Comics, which went out of business, and DC DC bought the rights to them, and um, and that was in the mid '80s. And author superstar, comic book author superstar Alan Moore wanted to write a story with these characters. And DC said, sure, go ahead. So he bots out the story. And then DC saw what they had in mind for the characters. They said, no, 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 we just bought these characters. You can't do that to them. Uh, and so he basically just facelifted the characters and made someone new. And that's how you got the Watchmen. And if you know the Watchmen, the character of the comedian is who Peacemaker was supposed to be. Or he was oh. supposed to be Peacemaker originally. Gotcha. So all, all these characters have a counterpart to one of their Charlton uh, comics characters, but that's so basically Peacemaker is uh, the comedian was based on and inspired by Peacemaker. Um, but yes, he was some other company's version of I guess a Captain America type or or uh, what have you. And so I checked, and it looks like Gunn wrote all episodes, the all eight episodes of Peacemaker during shooting the the Suicide Squad, and then it was announced in September 2020 that HBO had ordered the series officially. Okay, interesting, interesting. So, And then it so, was released in January of 2022. Yeah, so, so maybe maybe he knew, Gunn knew, it, he was going to be a breakout character. Well, maybe it was also part of maybe the contract or whatever that he signed to go over to DC too, right? Right, right. But you know, it, it's yeah, you're right. Yeah, because he had some pull. If if they were desperate and they they needed him to come on board, he probably says, "I want to do Peacemaker," and they're all scratching their head and saying, "Who the hell's Peacemaker?" Because I, I, I'm assuming, besides Mike, everybody on this podcast didn't know who Peacemaker was until uh, this movie. Yeah, you know, the Suicide Squad movies. Because I, I, you know, he's not a household name, um, and and he wasn't even. Uh, like Black Panther or, or Iron Man or these other characters that were kind of big but not huge until Marvel made movies of them. So, um, yeah, I mean, he must have had some pull to be able to do it. And, and then maybe also John Cena, he was, was pr promoted as the lead, and Cena 
by, like I said, 2018 when he did Blockers had become a um, a big name in in cinema. So, or at least was about to break out. So, um, maybe they, they they were fine with it. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, the whole idea of the Suicide Squad, which was created by John Ostrander in the 1980s, uh, and Ostrander, by the way, plays the guy, the doctor who puts the bomb in people's brains at the beginning of the film, um, was basically to take the, the Z-list supervillains and write stories around them, the guys that nobody would give a shit if you killed them off. Right. Um, and so all of these are characters, for the most part, Bloodsport and Deadshot and... Uh, uh, Javelin, or, or just Weasel, are these forgotten comic book characters from years and years and years worth of discarded stories that nobody really, that very few people remember. Um, and Peacemaker has actually had his own title, and he's in a weird position. But yeah, he was a character that nobody was doing anything with. Right, right. Uh, Harley uh, Quinn, I should point out, is, was somebody who was added much, much later in the game. Sure, sure, and and to be honest, she was similar to like Iron Man or, or Black Panther that, until the movies were made, didn't blow up to be a household name. I mean, people who followed comic books knew these characters. You no, know, she but, was, but she was huge in the comics. Where these are characters, yeah. like nobody, they're, they're, you weren't going to, to uh, conventions and seeing fans cosplays Bloodsport. Yeah, um, right. where where you could not go to a convention in the 2000s without, you know, at least a half dozen Harley Quinns there, almost contractually. Um, it didn't matter whether it was a superhero con- uh, com- convention or a Shriners convention. Somebody was cosplaying as fucking Harley Quinn. Sure, sure. Um, all right. Uh, all right. So uh, anything else anybody want to bring up before we, we start getting in-depth on, on the film? All right. So at this point, uh, you know, we still may have the side comment t- conversations. Uh, but at this point, we're going to throw up the spoiler alert and just talk about everything and anything. Um, and uh, so, you know, you've been warned. Um, all right. So uh, the first thing I was surprised was um, Michael Rooker and Pete Davidson. I was like, oh, this is going to be awesome. And yeah, they, they, didn't, they didn't last too long. <laughs> that was kind of disappointing. So, but it, it was still awesome, even with, even with those characters, unfortunately, uh, Having a, a quick demise, but I, I do have one quick question: Is there ever a movie that Pete Davidson is where he's not a jerk? <laughs> uh, I, I don't believe so. I think you're correct. That, or he no, doesn't get killed. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think spoiler. <laughs> well, the spoiler is up already. So it doesn't matter. Oh, okay, <laughs> I missed it. <laughs> Actually, Jamie, I, mean, I, mean, Nathan, I mean, Nathan Fillion is in this, too, and yep. you, you barely oh, even recognize him just because he's in that, that costume. I mean, I saw Nathan Fillion, I was like, oh, what's it? And then, oh, oh, it's him. Oh, TDK. <laughs> oh, that was that was Nathan Fillion. How about that? I don't yeah. even know. Yeah, who, I can't do it. It's, it's his voice. I can hear him right away. Who played the red woman, the, like the demon woman at the moment? Mongal? Mongal? Yeah, I don't um, even know. Asian actress, uh, wrestler, MMA fighter. I don't know who she is. Right. Um, right. Because some some of them were were huge cameos, while some some were just not huge cameos. Right. And, and I should point out, since we're in spoiler territory, uh, everybody dies except Nathan Fillion. He is technically still alive on the beach. Yeah. Uh, when we cut away. Uh, oh wait. So, well, what, what, was he Weasel? No. no. Nathan Fillion was TDK. TDK. He's the guy who shot his arms, right? 
Oh, 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 he's still alive. I thought he was dead. No, he was there. He was on the beach spartering blood. He'd been shot, but he's technically never seen as a as a corpse. Okay, okay. And so that that was very intentional uh, because hey, maybe he'll he'll come back. Right, right. Yeah, I, I, I was bummed that they killed off Davidson and Rooker because those characters would have been good characters to bring back in other series too. But yes, what are you going to do? Well, I just love the fact that you build up these characters and then gone—they're just gone. And just to show how much Waller does not give about these people, because there's a sequence where they're like when they when they're dropping the people off on the beach and they drop Weasel into the water and they're like. Did anybody check if Weasel could swim? Right. And they're like, uh, no. And so it was just, you know, it was just funny. It's like showing that, you know, just the the little value that she has. She's just willing to throw these people. Oh, and she's she'll a just get other people, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and and I'll also point out that that repeats itself uh, when you get to the team two because uh, they make the the head of the team Bloodsport. And he is terrified of rats, and of course they put Rat Catcher on the team. So that give, tells you just how little. I mean, first of all, I, it makes me laugh because that's like, yeah, that sounds like typical bureaucracy. Um, <laughs> on the one hand, and then on the other hand, it's just a matter of, yeah, that's how little they 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 care about the people on these teams because they are completely disposable. They don't care who they are as people. Oh right, well, well, and it's not even even the people on the teams. The the whole point of of this country that they're invading. I mean, it just shows you they're, they're basically the the United States deep state, if you want, to, if you prefer, uh, is is pure evil in in these DC um, James Gunn series. I, mean, I, I have to admit, I was surprised that uh, Captain Boomerang lived because I thought he was a major criminal in the Flash. I thought he was a major flash criminal. You mean he died? He died. Yeah, yeah he I died. Know. That's why, as but, I said, I was surprised to see that he he, he died. It's like, oh, okay, well, um, okay, this is not what I was expecting. Yeah, but I don't think he was a character they're planning on using. Yeah. It's sort of, I mean, right. they were right. planning on that was, doing... That's not a James Gunn film, too, right, The Flash? No. Right. right. No, there's, there's, and he's right. Now, no, I mean, Captain as far as in the first film. He survived the first film. Uh, he was sort of uh, one of the, the, the main characters in the comics when they first started because he was one of the few major, lack of a better term, villains. But it's not like DC was ever going to be doing four or five Flash films where they would need to get a Captain Boomerang. Or if they did, I'm sure they could have just had Captain Boomerang 2 or something like that. Um, yeah. Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. But I like the thing is that it plays with the expectations too, right? And that's the, the thing that James Gunn is good at doing when he's telling a story and that you you assume one thing and then are completely, literally blown out of the water so that every – where you have – even when you're watching something and you have – there's the plot armor that's going to protect the character, it takes away the plot armor to the point where you're like, okay, well, if they're willing to do this, everyone is in play. As opposed right. to what may happen in other stories, right? Well, everyone's in play except Harley Quinn. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Yeah, but she, you know, she has plot armor. armor. She has yeah. major yeah, plot armor. Yeah. Um, yeah. But everybody else is. And there are three characters in this film, unless I'm misremembering, that were from the first film. And the first film, uh, even though it's it hasn't uh, 
got the greatest reviews, was a major hit at the box office. Um, and the three characters are Harley Quinn, Rick Flagg, and 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 Captain Boomerang. And and that's one of the things that Gunn said is that he wanted to bring at least one character back from the first film to kill them off because they wanted to make sure the audience didn't uh, get too comfortable with any of the anyone else. He wanted to make sure that they knew somebody anybody could die. Right. Yeah, and he killed two of them. Out of those three, he killed two of them off, right? Uh, yeah, but at least one he waited for the end in a dramatically appropriate moment. Sure, sure. Yeah, that's a fair point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, it was it was uh, uh, definitely something I, I was surprised at. And and again, I would say Peacemaker at this point has plot armor too. But at the, during this movie, it was before the Peacemaker show. So honestly, like you said, Mike, the only character that had plot armor was was Holly Quinn at, at at the release of the film. Um, oh, and I should point out that if you watch the ads, and I know, Phil, you're not a fan of it. If you watch the ads and the commercials for this, they very heavily featured everyone who dies in that, that opening 12 minutes. Um, you would not be uh, – and that was, the, that was obviously intentional. Um, and if he if John had his way, he wouldn't have even uh, – they wouldn't have even advertised the, the other – the Team 2 characters. Um, I remember King Shark was in the commercials, and, and obviously not putting Idris Elgar without advertising him in there. Um, but they they definitely gave uh, credit to you know Javelin and uh, Pete Davidson and uh, Michael Rooker as being in the film, and then to kill him off as well. I, and I remember in our year end of the war, I don't remember if that got my biggest twist or my best kill of the year uh, on which, our which, awards which, list. Which one? Uh, uh, just, just just killing off the entire team in the oh, first right. uh, twelve minutes of the film. Gotcha. Yeah, 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 yeah. That that was awesome because it was uh, very surprising. And uh, uh, before I saw that scene, I was debating whether or not this would be an appropriate film for my seven and nine year old daughters. And then I was like, oh nope, this is a, I get it. It's the f bombs and and blood. And uh, I didn't know and it Dick's was to a follow. TV. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and, yeah, and 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 the and the sexuals are not sexual situations, but whatever the the verbal discussions, whatever the term is by M M P A. Oh no, there's a dick in the film. There's actually two. Oh, you're right. I saw one. You're right. I didn't see the second one. I saw one. Apparently, Weasel has a tiny little one. Gotcha. <laughs> so, which, which which I wouldn't have noted except that uh, James Gunn points out that his brother played Weasel. Yep. And uh, there was and calendar man. And pointed out it has a tiny little penis. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I think, I think uh, oddly, uh, back when I was a kid, it would be the nudity that my parents would say no to. But uh, for me, I would probably say yeah, the the the, the blood and, and profanities were the the would be the problem for this film. But yeah, that, that, you could say there was dicks. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, not just the discussion of them, but yeah, not a beat, not a beach full of dicks. <laughs> right. Right. Was this one of the few movies that had dicks but no girl bits? Yeah, I think you're right. Yep. That's how you know that it's a it's a it's a an enlightened progressive film. Yeah. Oh, uh, the 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 hurtful eight or whatever it was called that. Hateful Eight, that, that, that was another one besides this one. They showed the male bits, but no, no female bits. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, the hateful eight, the flashback scene. It was a flashback scene. Uh, um let's see. Uh all right, so uh where do we want to go? Because we again we don't have to go plot by plot point, obviously. We we can just talk about you know, favorite scenes and, and things of that nature the, or the other swerve I was gonna throw that I enjoyed was when they'd go into the camp. And they wipe out oh, everyone. Man, awesome. And they're having this challenge. <laughs> they have the and then contest. You find out, and then you find out they were all the freedom fighters. You murdered all the freedom fighters. Well, I, get the worst fight. for, I, I felt the worst for the guy who woke up with um, Peacemaker's axe yeah. just going right oh. through him. Chunk, 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 chunk. Oh, my God. That was terrible. And Peacemaker wasn't even looking at him. I mean, yeah. he was just kind of just walking by like, yes, hey, uh. But if you notice... It was Viola Davis's character that said kill them all. So they yep. were just following orders. And so it, exactly. it, if they had known, they wouldn't have done it because they stopped once they found out. You know? So well, after the it, shows Viola, it just shows you how evil Viola Davis's character is. No, yeah. I, I want to point out, I wrote this down. I, uh, uh, I counted it up because it's a contest between Peacemaker and Bloodsport. And I counted up. It's nine kills for Peacemaker. Nine kills for Bloodsport, and then one uh, kind of where Bloodsport had set the guy on fire, and Peacemaker shot him before the fire had a chance to kill him. So you could kind of split that one between the two. So it ended up being tied between the two of them. Um, I have I have no idea because he didn't mention the commentary. I don't know if that was deliberate or if that just was a coincidence. Uh, but yeah, it was, and it was just absolutely hysterical because you get the the the. The thing, and then at the end of it, I think it was at the was it at the end or at the beginning, where Peacemaker taunts uh, Bloodsport by by pantomiming jerking off. Yeah, that was at the beginning. Oh. And then throwing his semen at him, yeah. and that that was improv by John Cena. But what I actually really liked about that is because Bloodsport's been giving him a hard time. Yeah. He still. Like turns away as if he really had thrown his, his semen at him. So while he was being a dick, the peacemaker is also playing along with his little uh, his little pantomime. So I thought that was kind of funny. Um, yeah, and yeah, just like you watch that scene of peacemaker, uh, he goes to the ch- 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 chops up the the guy on the on the bed, which is hysterical, and and you follow him climb up on the roof. Pull out a little tiny blowgun out of his glove and kills three people, and then he oh, drops down. You have no idea what's going on now at this point. With including a woman washing clothes, <laughs> and there's blood for just sending people on fire. Or, you know, as you <laughs> ran. Uh, it, it was. It was. It, uh, it, now, did you give others? Um, you know, Ratcatcher takes the guy down. Um, King Shark man. swallows a guy whole. Uh, and and then you see uh, the polka dot man, which we haven't even talked about yet, uh, just bring down a whole power as he just for the first time because he's been a joke up till this point, and then you realize he might have might be the most powerful one out of the entire group. Um, and then and then the backstory of why or how he got to be how he is, yeah, and, oh. and how all his villains are his mom. Oh my god, that is hilarious. <laughs> I see my mom everywhere. <laughs> and that, that pays off visually in several places. Um, yeah, big time. And and, and he's, he's an old Batman villain uh, in the, from coming back probably from the 50s and 60s in the era where they just turned out one lame Batman villain after another. 
Yeah, like, so was Calendar Man. Off and, hmm? Yeah, so was Calendar Man. Yeah, Calendar Man was in there, uh, played by also played by Sean Gunn. Very briefly, you can see he's got the 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 he taunts. Was it the he taunts Polka Dot Man? Wait, I you think see so. the guy's a ball prisoner. He's got the months written around, like tattooed on his, his around his oh, around yeah. his head. Um, but yeah, so there's a lot of yeah B movie villains. I think they did a great job with his character. Um, and again, great, really well cast because you needed a sort of a sad sack character to play him. And, um, and fun part he's, is he's a oh, he's a great actor too because as in the like the Voyager the Demeter he plays a tough ass you know and here he plays like a, a, a sad sack and I, I didn't even think of it either that he was a villain because even though he was on the, the Suicide Squad team it didn't occur to me that he was a villain because he's so depressed and meek but. Um, I get yeah. So that that's a surprise once you brought that up, Mike. Sean, there's one part in yeah, the, the, the Ant Man movies as well. What's that in the Ant Man movies? Also in the Ant Man movies, and I think yeah, uh, he was one, one of the part of Louis' crew, right? Yeah, yeah. Same yeah. actor. Same actor. Yeah, yeah. Same actor. The thing yeah. that I thought was funny was that when you mentioned about Polka Dot Meat Man being a Batman villain, he also was one of the Joker's thugs in Dark Knight. He's the, the one actor. that the Two Face, oh. yeah, the actors that who uh, when Two Face interrogates oh, yeah, him right. in the ambulance. Oh, you're right. Oh, okay. Yeah. So yeah, I thought that right. was funny. Yeah, yeah. This actor, uh, he, he's had hundreds of roles where it's one of those guys that you go, oh, I know him, but you just forget his name. Um, but but he's been getting some pretty good roles in the past couple of years. Um, so yeah, sure has. Yeah, sure has. So- so one thing that I think was really amazing about this film is is that it is definitely hilarious. Um, it's got great visuals, great music, a lot of fun. But the whole thing is actually based in like a very serious story, like a very real story, like the ideas of um, the American government being up to things that they shouldn't be up to. And how, you know, how to fight that and how there's not really a way to fight that. They do end up finding a way to become triumphant, but it's, I think that it's amazing, like, that they managed to take this with all of the bells and whistles of it and still have it anchored in this really firm thing, which I think is a, a very James Gunn thing to do, kind of like The Last Guardians of the Galaxy had a deep message about animal rights and yeah. animal cognition. And um, they didn't really harp on it, but that was running through the whole thing. And I thought that was amazing. And um, it just, I, I don't know, I just, I thought that was amazing. And Viola Davis is horrible. <laughs> she's, <laughs> she's horribly excellent as Amanda Waller. <laughs> Yes, exactly. She's she's excellently the villain and the the supreme villain. Like she's like the queen of all the villains. She's horrible and monstrous, and she just kind of keeps get, getting to go along. And um, I just loved it. It was that yeah. that, that part was. Yeah. I, I like that that um, point too um, because um, her character, even though she's you know using these villains for her machinations. She could, you could actually argue, is the worst villain of all of them. You yeah, know, and oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. and and I'll say in the comics that's that's who she is. She is the yeah. 
She is a uh, she's about two hundred pounds heavier, or at least she used to be when she was first created. Just like in but, Justice League cartoon. Yeah, but she was a a ball busting, hard ass uh, woman who who like like was not intimidated by anyone, and and saw everybody as a tool and everybody is disposable, and uh, yeah, she she was a great character. And as far as I know, they're still planning on I don't know if it's a, a uh, on like a uh, on some project with Viola Davis as, as Amanda Waller for Max. So I think whether she's getting her own series or what, I'm not sure. Uh, and I'm, I'm definitely up for that. Yeah, that is curious. Yeah, I mean, it'll probably have a lot of good cameos of other characters and stuff. Um, so, um, yeah, well, yeah, so and, could, yeah, go on. I was going to say, anyway, you, you point out, uh, and you're right, it's, it says something, certainly fits with a theme. And uh, you have the uh, the character of the thinker, uh, and why, why am I blanking on the actor's name? Um, Peter Capaldi. Peter Capaldi, uh, uh, best known as the Who Doctor from World War Z and Doctor Who from Doctor Who. Yes. <laughs> um, but uh, he, he points out, well, the Americans just don't like to see themselves that way, so they couldn't possibly do these, these experiments in America. So they had they farmed yep. it out to Corda Maltese. And that is a lot of it, right, is that uh, is blurring this line between hero and villain. And uh, and so much of it just comes to the theme of the characters, too, because all of these characters are in some way, like, lost and damaged souls. Um, now, you don't get that so much for Peacemaker yet, because you haven't no. seen his TV <laughs> series. Uh, he's just a generic asshole. Um... <laughs> And but Harley Quinn is coming out of a damaged relationship, abusive relationship with with Joker. Um, you have a Polka Dot Man who is a result of it being experimented on by his mother. Uh, you have Ratcatcher uh, who's dealing with you know the, the 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 loss of her father who was a, a, a I guess a heroin addict. And it was out, also it was Taika Waititi. It was Taika Waititi. Um, you had. Uh, King Shark, who is who's who's just wants a friend yep. and a meal. Yeah. Um, so all these things, and then you get Idris Elba uh, playing Bloodsport, who really is a dick. And I think they did a great job at the beginning because um, in the first film you had this character Deadshot, who is a marksman expert, you know, trained to kill from birth by his father and all this, and. That was played by Will Smith. Well, Will Smith didn't want to come back for the sequel, and so they just went with Elba and to play a very similar character in, in Bloodsport. And then they play it up by almost repeating the same thing where they where his daughter gets picked up on a crime and where Will Smith loved his daughter and would do anything to keep her out of prison. He just was just, fine, she could use some time in juice to toughen her up. Um, and by the way, huge credit to that actress. Um, Idris Elba is a powerhouse of an actor, and and anyone, if you for some reason you have never seen The Wire, you really should watch The Wire for his, if only for his performance in it. Although there's a lot of others, uh, which he should be able to still play able to watch on Max. But that was kind of where he made his his big break. But well, he's um, also known as um, Luther, and as Luther, Luther in, in more recently. Yeah. But it's and um, The Office. 
That's right. That's right. He was he had a he had a great ball in the office. He was a dink. <laughs> but you get this fifteen year old girl to come in and play his daughter, I don't know, fifteen I'm guessing, somewhere in that neighborhood. And just like goes toe to toe with him and is absolutely fantastic and gripping on screen and they they as they're screaming at each other how much they hate each other. And it's such a horribly dysfunctional relationship that unlike the Will Smith character in the first film where you could say, well, he's a bad guy, but he's not really a, a bad guy, right? He loves his daughter. Um, basically, until Waller threatens the life of his daughter, he's still not, he's well, perfectly willing to let her die, let, let her suffer and let Waller use her as a pawn. Right. Yeah, I mean, that's the only reason why he uh, finally agrees is because uh, Waller was going to, basically throw her into a jail that would have her get killed. And she was serious because her her uh, people under her said, are you serious? And she just gives that look and, and they know, yeah, she's serious. So, yeah, she's, she's pure evil. Even against that, like the, the staff of the incredibly horrible prison where they see this stuff happen all of the time and they were just like, whoa, that is a step too far. And I thought that was amazing, too. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah, it shows the, the evilness of, of her character. Um, and, and, I mean, she, uh, she's, yeah, she's just evil. There's nothing else to say about it, really. Um, now, where, where do we want to go now? Anything else anybody wanted to bring up there? There's got to be scenes or, or specifics or, or characters you wanted to talk about. Um, I, I think there's a lot of nice things in that first 12 minutes. Um, I, I think it's just a good example of how disposable they are is just the exchange over TDK. That nobody knows what he does. Right. Uh, and they don't even know what his name means. And the fact that there is no the, – the lack of teamwork goes so far as, like, they can't even communicate properly. says, well, what does TDK stand for? If it stands for me. It's me. That's my name. I'm TDK. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, 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 it's spelled like with letters. Yeah, that's, every, that's not every, a name. That's just letters. All names are letters. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. That was great. And, and Pete Davidson not understanding, like, who Weasel is. Is that a dog? You know? It's, <laughs> oh, oh, my God. It's a werewolf. I'm next to a werewolf? <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. And then, and then when Javelin dies and he hands uh, Harley Quinn the Javelin and she doesn't, you know, like, as some grand gesture of uh, make sure it, it goes where it belongs or something like that. And she doesn't know what the hell he's talking about. <laughs> yeah, so, he died. So all of this are these characters that they, they, they are, they communicate subtly how disposable they are because they just threw them together and didn't give a shit what happened to them. Um, I was a little surprised that Wag was picked to lead this team, so I'm going to guess that he pissed Waller off at some point and was not yeah. expected to survive, because he was apparently not in on that plan. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, because, because I'm assuming, even though we don't see it, that the Team B was much better put together, but then again, maybe not, Mike, right, because... They didn't even know he he hated rats. Bloodsport hated rats. Right, and even then, yeah, you still you still get a problem. Um, and, yeah, so yeah, I, I don't know. Waller seems like she's an idiot. What was that? Well, I, well, you get the bureaucratic, bureaucratic incompetence. You have that scene right out of uh, sort of Cabin in the Woods, right, with the uh, 
with everybody bling bets as to who's going to be the first one to die. <laughs> Uh, or how they're going to die. Oh, uh, right, like, yeah. They're yeah. bets on who's, who they're going to choose in the cabin of the woods. Um, and, yeah, do that in here. And by the way, I should point out that the characters of uh, of uh, Harcourt and Economist, John Economist, do end up in the TV series. Yep. Um, the Peacemaker TV series. The one, uh, one actress who doesn't, there was a deleted scene. Uh, she's the one who actually clocks Waller. Uh, near the end of the film, she's actually arrested for assaulting Waller, which is why she oh, does not end up in the future series. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, because I was curious why she wasn't in the, in the TV series. You're absolutely right. That's a good point. Well, because she's not the one married to James Gunn. <laughs> why? Who's married to James Gunn? Hardcore. Uh, is it the blonde woman? Yeah. Oh, I did not know that. How about that? Yeah, he's gotten a little bit of flack for that because he's employing his wife. Um, but this isn't uh, like this isn't like it's not. Well, he employs his wife, he employs his brother, he employs his friends. But you know what? Um, he, he gets good results out of them. Uh, this is yeah. not a, a case of say Sherry Moon Zombie, where you could probably say there would be better choices to do the job. Um, eh, she's fine too. But eh, she's fine for some of the things that they ask her to do. Um, but you know, I, I think yeah, she she works out. Perfectly fine. Yeah, James Gunn works perfectly fine playing Weasel. Yeah, because I was wondering why she got such a big role in Peacemaker, because her prior stuff before the James Gunn films were like B-movies and, and really raunchy-type films and stuff. And so I was like, how the heck did she become an A-list so quickly? And now I know, because I had no and, idea. And, and Econ- well, and Economist is a, uh, is a friend of Gunn's, or the actor who plays him. Uh, a lot of people. Rooker, yeah, Rooker is a friend. I mean, he brings in people. Yeah, but he's, yeah, yeah. He's like Scorsese. They bring the same people. Christopher Nolan does the same thing, right? Yeah, they, they, they all do. It. Yeah, they yeah. Beca- they become friends when they work together. So yeah, you know. right. Yeah. And there's yeah, something exactly. to be said. I will always say there's a reason why troops would work together. You know, in the old days, and to being comfortable with each other and knowing a person will show up on time, hit their marks, and know their lines. You know, somebody right. who's who's bad at their job can really heard a production. Well, and, and it's like, like you know, they're, they're, these people he knows aren't going to backstab him, and he knows they do a good job. So Absolutely. So it doesn't matter. Yeah, exactly. But, yeah, so, but now I know. Now I know why she became some raunchy B-movie actress and suddenly was an A-lister. I was like, oh, okay, now I know. I had no idea until you just mentioned it. It's kind of funny. Um. Now, uh, what else do we want to bring up? Uh, other characters uh, or, or, or story points or whatnot. Um, what, what do you guys want to bring up? Re- it has got to be something. Yeah, go on, Amy. I really liked how they did the washes between scenes. Like, the, um, it would, like, in the very beginning, um, I don't know if it's, like, crabs or, or like, what, what it is, but it, like, washes across the screen and, there, and then it has, uh, leaves the... Um, outline of the letters of what, what the next one's going to be. And yeah, they, right. they keep doing that whole thing, but it's always something different, and it's all really cool. And I also okay. love the soundtrack. Which... My, my favorite was the uh, was the bathroom. Yeah. It was just, uh, what was it, you know, one day earlier or something like that, and it's, it's just all between yeah. the toilet, and the suds on the toilet seat fell out the one day later. I, I like the one yeah. from the, the rooftops with all the, the little... Uh, metal chimneys and gas yeah, pipes. Yeah, 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 exactly. That that was pretty cool. And then that he was turns the awesome. camera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he basically his placards 
are rather than just black placards with the words or just the words on top of the screen, he he, he incorporates it with some fancy CGI stuff, which is kind of cool. Yeah. Right. One, there's the elevator button. Um, yeah. So there's yeah, there's all sorts of little things like that, and and that's the kind of attention to detail that's nice. And yeah. you know, there's certainly yeah. nothing wrong than with doing a black screen like you know, ter- and with white lettering on it like Tarantino does. Uh, but it's also something creative, and it is a very comic book kind of thing where uh, comic book authors will often incorporate uh, the artist will incorporate yeah, clouds uh, the title into something in in yeah. the in the splash page. Yeah. Um, so I thought that was that was pretty cool. That's a fair point. Yeah, a, and the the soundtrack was amazing too. Like um, always, yep. <laughs> yeah. What was the song they played? What was the song they played when Howie Quinn was escaping? Uh, I'm just a gigolo, yeah. Just a gigolo. Oh, that, yeah. oh, that was that was the song. Yeah, okay. That that was the point when they used that song. Yeah, yeah, because that and, one fit in perfectly. Yeah, that's. And by the way, um, James Gunn co-wrote uh, Dawn of the Dead, as you said before. What's the thing that this has in common with Dawn of the Dead? Yeah, Johnny, Johnny Cash. Cash song. And yeah. no, it not only does it have Johnny Cash's song, but it has. That uh, punk song, people are alive, are dead. You know, the people who yeah, people who died. Yeah, people who died. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I think that was intentional too. Yeah. Yeah. So I noticed that too, Mike, immediately, because he plays the Johnny Cash song. I go, "This is James Gunn, that's right." And then he plays the people who died song, and I go, "Up, that's James Gunn." There you go. Yeah. What were you saying, Amy? People who died is really interesting too, because the I'm pretty sure that the guy who wrote it only wrote the one song ever. Um, yeah, because I'm he was more of a painter, or a poet, or something. I, yeah, he, he wasn't a musician. Poet. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He um, I had his name in my head until a couple seconds ago. <laughs> Jim Carroll. Yeah, that's it. yeah, that's um, it. Jim Carroll. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Basketball Diaries. He was the subject of that movie. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. He um, yeah, that, he did. Yeah, you're right. That, that go on. To to come up with such an amazing song is your only song, like. That, that's great. I mean, was, I don't know how you did it, but and it's just it's a of course horribly depressing song, but it's also an amazing song. Um, just the I don't know all about like the the riffs and stuff are just amazing. Um, I don't know. Um, and you know, just like the other the music he used, like the Johnny Cash song, of course, is is a, is perfect. Johnny Cash in general is generally perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, it, well, in, in this one, it was perfect, too. Uh, well, actually, actually, to be honest, both the Dawn of the Dead and this one, the Johnny Cash's songs were perfect because Dawn of the Dead, it was it was uh, the one man about the end around. of the world. Yeah, the man comes around, end of the world. And this one here was was uh, Folston, Folston County Prison. You know, and, 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 you know, it's the jail, you know, so it was, it was well done, yeah. Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, what else do we want to talk about? Love, uh, oh, oh, go on. Uh, I love the Milton scene where they everybody. <laughs> oh <laughs> they my god! The Milton? Oh. I would know if I spent two hours yeah. with the Milton. <laughs> right. And then, and then was it was a peacemaker that that was calling someone else Milton or something. It was, no, or, Harley Quinn then calls. Uh, Bloodsport Milton. Or both, yeah, Bloodshot. Sorry, Bloodsport. Yeah, yeah. He goes, I think he's not melted. No, yeah. mine's not melted. We, we tried this conversation. <laughs> yeah, that, that was great. He's, such a, uh, he's just like, no, we didn't. And just walk away. 
right. I, I, I loved how how the dictators the dictators were, were were just like getting knocked off, you know, because you think they're going to be the main villain or one of the main villains, and then and he's dead, and then the yeah. next one, you know, it was just kind of funny how they did that. Um, I even like the design for Starro because I was wondering how are you going to pull off Starro. Yeah, they did a good job on comics, that, and I thought they did a great job. Yeah. Right. Well, well, and I loved how they they immediately pointed out that it was a Keiju as well. So it's like, okay, yeah. I, I can go with this then. Yeah. Yeah. Um. By the way, the dictator. The this was a. We know Which James Gunn likes to use the same people. The 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 first dictator, Luna. Yeah, Luna. Uh, is somebody Gunn had hired before and forgot? <laughs> he just looks so different. He was in, I think, Super, the Rain Wilson. Film oh, if you okay. have not seen Super, oh yeah, yeah, uh, was James Gunn's first film. superhero film. Yeah, it's a great movie. And it's, it's a really good where the yeah Rain Wilson plays a superhero whose superpower is a pipe wrench. <laughs> right, right. And oh, and that's that's that's, that's, that's how people he... with the with the pipe wrench. Yeah, yeah, that's right, that's right. And and uh, Kevin Bacon plays the plays the villainous drug dealer in it, and yeah. Ellen Page plays the super psychotic. Uh, comic book sidekick, sidekick yeah. um, who you know becomes sort of a cross between like Robin and Wolverine uh, as his sidekick. It's it is a and Nathan Fillion is in that as well, playing a uh, uh, in like a small small piece. So it is it is very very funny. I highly recommend it. Um, and something else I think Nathan Fillion is something James Gunn did. I don't know as a, as a lark uh, and Eric. Uh, Webster on the other podcast uh, had turned me on to this was uh, he did something called PG porn, which is uh, if you really like porn movies, but don't want, the, but don't like the sex, that's, that's what it is. So it's basically. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't he interview like porn stars or something? Or does little no, no, no. It's, just, it's like a Nathan Fillion is like playing a porn star, but again, oh, okay. with all the acting abilities and the dialogue of a classic porn film, but with none of the sex. Gotcha. So, uh, you know, it, it's it's they're they're absolutely hysterical. You should be able to find them on YouTube. Yeah, they're all on YouTube. Yeah. Um, so you, you can catch those. So, yeah, yeah, so he does Fillion and uh, Doctor Horrible's uh, sing along blog. Sing along blog, yes. Also, yeah, good. Captain right. Hammer. Captain Hammer. Captain Hammer. Classic in that one. That's right. That's right. I also like the actor who played uh, Mateo Suarez, the general. Who, who was previously in Narcos Mexico as Don Neto, so that was kind of good to see him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's right. That's, that's where he was. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I'll say one thing about the Luna guy, though. That guy was jacked. Holy shit. <laughs> no wonder why Holly Clint had to bang that guy. That was too funny. I was laughing my ass off. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. Well, that was kind of neat was how they um... – how they they played with their like real emotions, like they had like little scenes where like Carly was so incredibly amazed that they were going to come and rescue her, and she was like crying and everything, and she's like, I I I can go back in the 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 uh palace if you want me to, and, like so that they could actually rescue her. Right, and just, right. Like little things like Brad kids for being or uh blood blood sport being like so afraid of rats and why he was afraid of rats and. You know, and they, he makes friends with Stanley Band. <laughs> yes, he does. What is that? He makes friends with Stanley at the end. He finally comes around. Oh, yeah, he totally does. Sebastian, yeah. Sebastian, Sebastian. sorry, yeah. Yeah, he's like petting him and everything. 
And I mean, Sebastian is kind of the hero through the whole movie. Because Sebastian, you know, he saves everybody at Starro and brings all the Oh, my God. The best was when Sebastian uh, starts squeaking and he points to the shark about to eat rat catcher. That was hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> well, I like the the friendship that uh, Ratcatcher and King Shark have too, right? Where yeah, like these characters. Well, yeah, she actually the- she befriends everybody. She befriends yes. the uh, uh, polka dot guy too, right? Yeah. Right, and and the- well, she's a kind character who's got a fondness for animals, so it makes yeah. sense. But I also love the running gag of King Shark being hungry the whole movie. Nom nom. Nom nom. nom. <laughs> but says they can always eat. They're always and hungry. That's true. Did we point out that the shark is played by Sylvester Stallone? Y- yes, which is that's awesome. Right. Oh, I- yeah. And it's cool well, because he, of the he, game he, he was in Guardians, right? He, he, does, he, does, yeah. Yeah. he yep. does the voice. He does the voice. Yeah. 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 Another actor does plays the, the, the motion know, capture stuff. Yeah, the motion whatever, capture but, stuff, yeah. But yeah, it's awesome. Okay. He does a great job. <laughs> They're like, no, no, no. And then the Starro, and he's like, monster is nom nom. And he's like, oh, Well, and also say, I mean, the character is as cartoonish as the character is. There's that scene where he's sitting in the, the, the van or the at, at, and when they're in town. And you can feel oh, like the character's loneliness. It's just. But it does remind me of the first Guardians film, right? Where you have uh, Rocket is the sarcastic, uh, acerbic little rodent. And uh, then, but you get that one scene where he takes his, he's getting changed and Peter Quill turns over and sees all the, the, the scars on him from his from the experiments ah, yeah. he'd been under, oh, that's and right. that's all you really need to kind of understand and have some empathy that's for the why character. He does that? Yeah, yeah. and uh, and why he's so distrustful and 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 bitter and cynical. And again, something Gunn does really well. There was someone on on our Facebook group, I think it was in our Facebook group, who uh, you know I think was a big DC fan and was hating on the fact that James Gunn was making uh, the new DC films because all he does is sarcastic comedic stuff. There's no character. It's like, do you even pay attention to the freaking films? And also, also, uh, what do you, what do you call the Marvel films? I mean, the Marvel films have so well, much. No, because that. he's, no, he's a DC guy. So, uh, oh, right. there is, there is so a lot of, I'm, sh- like Marvel, Listen, I'm going to say there's probably, there, there, I'm sure there are a lot of people. I know some people who are big fans of the, the, the Snyder verse DC films, but there is a massive contingent of major fucking assholes in that fandom, um, yeah. <laughs> that make up a disproportionate amount of the online contingent and the ones who like review bomb films because well Snyder didn't make it and they said Snyder's not making it and he didn't. Have, I don't want anyone seeing this movie and so we're going to review bomb Rotten Tomatoes and. Don't they forget that Snyder and Gunn work together on Dawn of the Dead? Yeah, they don't give a shit. They yeah. don't. They really, they're, they're already they're calling for Gunn now. to be fired. They're already yeah. saying that he hasn't been successful in those nine months that he hasn't actually done anything. Yeah, but, but the, the films, yeah, but you can't 
consider the Flash and Blue Beetle his films, right? So the Flash no. has been around since 2018. It's been yeah, I don't know why they so, put why they stuck behind it makes no sense. But it they put so much money into it. Yeah. They would have actually the money it, went, they would have made more money if they done it as a write off like Batgirl. Yeah, um probably. but uh but they're 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 up his ass today because they they say that that if there's a Harley Quinn it's going still going to be um Margot Robbie. And they're saying, well then fuck you, we want you to bring back Henry Cavill. Well, no, that's already that 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 ship has sailed. Um they've already recast their Superman. Uh it's not going to be well, Henry Cavill. Cavill didn't want to do it, isn't that it? Uh, uh that's yeah. who knows the truth. Who knows the truth. Yeah. Hey, look, I'm sorry. It's well. Let's just, let's just put it this way: uh, ha, uh, Margot Robbie, not that Harvey uh, Cavill ain't big, but Margot Robbie is like the biggest, and she's also non-generic. While Cavill, you know, there's a dozen of guys that could that could play the Superman role. While while Margot Robbie, I mean, she's 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 just big, you know. She's really good looking. She's got everything going for her. I can understand why they're sticking with her. Well, it's and, not just in she's really good looking. Is that he embodies Harley Quinn in a way? Um, now I, I'm not. Well, I have she's a great actress too, but yeah. But, but yeah, she 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 has the acting chops. She can be funny. She can be empathetic. She can be dramatic. She she embodies the physical traits of the character, the yeah. the physical performance, the stunts. Of the, the biggest uh, woman actress out there right now, and and has a tremendous charisma. She can do the the crazy of the character. She can do all of it, and she embodies it perfectly. And right. I've had my problem with Cavill Superman, not because of Cavill. He certainly fits the body type, but he's yep. never had anything asking him to have any sort of charisma, to have any kind of charm. Um, his basic job has been because there have been his Zack Snyder films is to stand there and look like a god, and he can do that really yep. well. And I'm not saying he can't act; I know he can act. I'm oh, saying he's he the Witcher. He was great in The Witcher. And he was great in, in Mission Impossible. Exactly. Yeah. And but, in all but 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 again, he, he's not Margot Robbie. Margot Robbie yeah, is, no. is huge. But I don't yeah. think it's even because of Margot Robbie. I think it's that. Because of her, her, her name power, I think it's because I mean, obviously, she didn't do much to save Birds of Prey. I think right, it has right, just, right, right. and Babylon too. That was a dud, right? Right. Yeah. That she has that she is oh, just perfect for the part. Yes, yeah, that's that that makes more sense. Yes, yeah, she's still yeah. perfect for the part, and and it's James Gunn. He has the you know he can choose whoever he wants. What's the big deal? Right. He's keeping Viola Davis. He's keeping uh, uh, John Cena. Yeah. Um. So. You know, it's and they make it out well. Audiences will be confused. No, audiences don't. You don't really give a shit about that. They'll roll with it. They'll be fine. Yep. yep. I was. I think that this, that it shouldn't have been like Snyder versus Gunn because it's comic books really need to work together because it's not that big of an industry. And when DC and Marvel work together and do things like they can do amazing stuff. But when they get all snitty at each other, like right now, it's it's just it's stupid, and it it really cuts down both sides. Because if you are going to be anti DC, that you know that takes out the whole half of the universe. You know, it's just 
it's just stupid, and I I don't like it, and I really wish the Snyder. Well, I think that has was, way more was, to do with the fans than anyone involved in the creative yeah. process. And yeah. fans are fucking fans. It's sort of like in you know, I've still mentioned you know uh, that we're baseball fans. Um, I don't. The players are often perfectly fine, you know, whether you're like Yankees, Red Sox, Cubs, Cardinals. Um, but the players can be fine with each other. Um, but the fans just hate the, the laundry that the other team is wearing. And then they get mad yeah. when they see that, you know, the, the guys are chatting to each other on, you know, uh, out in the field and making nice with each other. It's like because they're not dicks. They understand it's a job. You know, and yeah. the, the comic creators, and and really in reality, a lot of comic creators go back and forth between the two companies. Um, it's a small business; they all know each other. They've all worked together at some point. They all know how hard it is. And yes, there is always some rivalry. The same way there is often going to be any rivalry between things, but it's not. But it's it's a it's a it's a rivalry like you have the, you know, the the annual softball game kind of rivalry. You know, right, not right. the right. not well, that you're going to review bomb your movie. Kind of right. Well, and if you know, you go to the conventions and and you meet the comic book writers or the comic book colorers or the comic book artists, and when you look at all the posters and and stuff that they're selling, they they have comics from all all the the companies, not just DC yeah, and Marvel, right. but also Dynamite and, and you know and the rest of them. So it's like it's like they're, they're not just. Con- they're, they're more contracted rather than you know employees of DC or Marvel, so it's 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 kind of yeah. I mean yeah, I don't exactly what you're saying, Mike. Amy, you gonna say something? Oh, I was just um, commenting on like Dark Horse and Image and uh, some of the other um, smaller uh, retail of comics. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. Um. Let's see. So, um, what else do we want to bring up about uh, this film or related to the film? Well, let's uh, get to the sequence when uh, Flag finds out that the American government has been behind all of this, and he threatens to release the information, and Peacemaker murders him. Yeah. Right. Because Peacemaker is not going to let the information get out. Right. Well, well, and he has a fair point, which is if that gets out, that's gonna that's gonna be bad. You know, that, that's like if you know if you find out that the the U.S. government killed Kennedy or something, you know, or it was that would be like, uh oh, you know, or, or they didn't land on the moon or or stuff, any of that, you know. And this stuff, it makes sense that, and all they had to do was hand it to him, but he, they refused, so he had to fight for him, fight to get it. Um. So I, I see the point. I see the point. Peacemaker, I mean, Peacemaker was like really pro-American or whatever my bosses tell me to do, and um, Flag was really like wanting to help the actual humans, and um, I think that was a point in the story. Like, well, and the fact is, like you and, pointed out, that he's the version of the Captain America, like a sort of like a Captain America, and how yeah. the show in the Marvel movies, Captain America questions his government, right? Yeah. And whereas yeah. Peacemaker, yep, no problem. Yeah, but I, I, I have to disagree. I have to say the peacemaker is making a point, which is if this stuff gets out, that's not helping the people. So but then it's just allowing that stuff to continue because it's not going to stop, right? Oh, I'm, well, not, I'm, not, I'm not saying it's yeah, a not, not, hard place situation. It's one of those, okay, I don't want my country because there's so many people in the country who who wouldn't even dream of a lot, you know, per, you know, being okay with that. 
but at the same time, it's it, it's a it's a it's a uh, struggle because what it's like I said, you know, you you want this to you want justice to be done, you but at the same time, you don't want your country to be maligned, and you don't want you know people to think think badly of, of your nation, of the country that, that you love. I mean, this guy, this guy may be a little bit gung ho about his American patriotism, but I mean, I, I, I like Phil, I can under, I can understand it. I mean, I, yeah. And, and, I, yeah. and, and, and Kevin also, it's, it's like also, um, you know, who, who's, who, right, even if it is the government that quote unquote is at fault, is it those people in power at the present that are fault. In other words, what happened is they with Kennedy or with the Iranian revolution back the the first one, not the one in seventy nine, or right, GM right. being assassinated in you know, before Nam or, or the Panama um stuff and all that. Are those people a lot most of the people that participated in all that, whether it's true or not, they're dead. So right, right. I mean you don't want to blame the current you know, the current administration, I mean, for example, you don't want to blame Joe Biden for something Richard Nixon did. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. That's, I that's, think it's also, um, there is something like the American government is so big now and so sprawling and you have these, uh, you know, it was referred to as the administrative state, which is these people who are lifetime appointments, right. uh, or, and, um, they're not necessarily accountable to everybody. Not everybody knows everything that's going on. Uh, I know that um, after uh, George W. Bush took office that Dick Cheney tried to do a project where they were going to reduce redundancy in the government. And the problem was the government had gotten so vast and sprawling that when they, they, they couldn't even map out who was in charge of what. Like where were they? They, could, they couldn't, didn't, couldn't oh, find no. all the departments in every department. To figure out who's duplicating each other, right. um, it's it's very easy to do that. And I'm not saying this to uh, as an apologist for things that our government has done that's bad, because God knows they have. But again, it's it's sort of this uh, one of the issues we have with being a, a, the country that we are is that um, you know the policy of the government changes every four years depending on who's in office. Um, and that's on one level, and then there's a level, another level, and there's all sorts of things, and there's like anything else, there's people, and people can be good, and people can be bad, and most people are somewhere in between, you know. And that's the whole point of the Suicide Squad. The you know, Bloodsport is an asshole. He's just a little bit less of an asshole after this movie's over. Um, you know, Harley Quinn is a is a sociopath, but she's a sociopath that doesn't like, uh, you know. Killing children doesn't like killing animals and doesn't like it when you're telling her her music isn't real music. So um, it, it's just it's the same kind of thing. Now, Waller, Waller is a sociopath. You do whatever uh, of a different sort. She's doing what she thinks she needs uh, to whatever, preserve democracy, preserve freedom. And sometimes people take those things like Peacemaker and take them to extremes. Right, right. Yeah, exactly. So, so it's it's like if you release this stuff, it's it's good and it's bad. You know, your point, Sean, was it was absolutely right because you do want justice, and then it's you know, but if if it's released, 
what are the consequences and the damage and how many people are going to die because this information is being released. So, oh, so the question is, is that will actual justice be done? You release right. the information, but will they blame or prosecute the right people? And the chances are no. Now, though, granted, that's probably not what Peacemaker is thinking. I mean, that is not what Peacemaker is thinking. He's just following orders and all that sort of thing. But but he uh, does say he does say those points, which is if this information gets out, a lot of people could die, or a lot of people things could happen that are worse than hiding the information too. So you're yeah. right. His motivation is different, but. He does still make the points that, that, that you're making too, Kevin. But continue. Yeah. Yeah. And so, I mean, it's what it, the thing is, though, is that even if you release the information, like, let's just say, for argument's sake, you have the information, it's like, who are you going to give it to? Well, I mean, right. even if you're not going to release it so everybody can, everybody will know, it's like, who are you going to give it to? I mean, can you, I mean, the chances, I mean, you'd have to find somebody in Congress that you think will, you can trust to be able oh, the to. the press. Or something. Well, no, you don't want to give it to the press because then it'll get out. I'm talking like if, oh, if you still oh, wanted to keep it secret, but you still wanted justice to be done, you'd have right. to give it. No. You have to give it to. Well, no, I mean you have to give it to. Like I said, if you want someone to be punished for it, you know you have to find someone that can at least do a, 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 a at least a, a under the radar investigation, and then. You know, bring up charges where necessary. I mean, that that you you might have to like bring it to a senator you think you can trust, if there is one. Um, that's about the extent of it. And, and right. what happens in reality is that you'd say we're outraged, we're outraged, we're outraged. There'd be hearings, and we go on and we go on for months, and everybody, oh, good, they're doing something, and then uh, you know there would be a uh, and then they do know, a hearing on UFOs. And then, and then, and then people move on, and because we are, because because people, well, especially now that it's, especially now that it's a divided nation versus, say, 1980, when you know a president, a president won 49 states. You know what I'm saying? Well, even then, it's like remember, it's um, even that's a. But but I'm I'm talking about ninety. He didn't win like 98 percent of the vote either. Uh, The country has been so much divided. It's just divided in a different way now. Yeah, that's, a whole, that's getting into a whole people. different thing. But yeah. now, basically, people would just be saying, "Okay, they're investigating it," it's, and a, a year later, they might release findings. Somebody might get a slap on the wrist, or they would make recommendations that nobody would follow. Right. And, and by and large, it would all get swept under the rug anyway. And most people would just say, "That's yeah, all fake." <laughs> and, and and most people would just forget about it, or wouldn't even know what happened because they'd have to be paying attention to the news. Right, right. And, yeah, and there's d- deniability and all this other stuff. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we know we know how this how it works. Yeah. I, I won't say this. I won't say the the politician, but there was a recently a politician that that came out and uh, was questioned like, why were you flying on jet planes when you're you're supposedly uh, in, you know pro environment? And he goes, well, I don't own a jet plane. And they go, yeah, but your wife does, and you're using her plane. So you know, so he, in other words, he's blatantly lying because he's using the it's it's he's using the plane first of all, and then it's in his family. But he's saying it's he doesn't own the plane, so he says. Yeah, there's all true. sorts of stuff like that yeah. that goes yeah. on. It's nothing new, and it's one reason why it's hard for people to get outraged because it is so commonplace. Yeah, so uh, half truths and lies and all those cover-ups. And, yeah. Right. Um. So that's a fair, that was a good good one to bring up, Sean. Uh, I think it was you that brought that one up. Um. 
what else do we want to talk about? Uh, yeah, because that, that was the demise of, of the Peacemaker was because of that whole thing. And also the demise of a number of characters because if they just took the disc and threw it out. And, and technically that's what uh, Ildris Elba's character does anyway. He does basically the same thing as the Peacemaker, which is he hides it too, but he just uses it to you know, save leverage. a Leverage. Yeah, leverage. 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 Yeah. <laughs> so, so he did the same thing Peacemaker was going to do anyway. So, except the peacemaker was going to give it back to Waller, whereas right, but, um, but does it matter? I mean, it's it, it, whether Waller got it or Waller's being blackmailed. It's like no one knows about it anyway. But there's no difference, you know. And, and also, none of these characters necessarily know that Waller is evil, right? I mean, because they. She's too far up. Only only Eldris's character may know because they're basically saying what they're going to do with your daughter. Run flag, but he's dead. Right. Well, but Flag, I think, was on board with with Waller, right? I mean, I think no, because he he's the one who was talking no. about going against her. He was the one. Who well, was up until that point, he is up with Waller. He's seen yeah. Waller do some bad shit. Because he even said that. He even said that, like in that. But movie. it was only at that point. At that no, point. Before that, though, he said that before he said a comment about her before when they were in the village when they'd killed off all the freedom fighters and he had said something about Waller. And no one. Right, but up until that him. point, he was always on her team. Well, he didn't know he didn't know the extent of what was going on. That right. was my point. Most people don't know the extent of Waller's evilness. Right. So if if Peacemaker was going to give it back to Waller. He he doesn't even know. No one knows how evil she is, except for a handful of people. That's that's all my point is. Well, I, fair I, enough. You know. Okay, I've been talking like tons, and I didn't realize I had a mute button on. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't think so at all. I think that if Waller got it, it would just disappear, and there would be absolutely nothing done about it. So the Agreed. fact that it, it, it just Elba getting it is so much better because. He is using it for leverage, and he is going to use it. The thing that I was going to say about the um, uh, the hearings and stuff like you were talking about in Congress, um, I think that there are a lot of things in the U.S. government that have been brought about by various scandals or um, various happenings that have gotten exposed to the people. Um, look at the, the uh, book uh, – is it concrete jungle? No, uh, the jungle, and that that went through all of the Upton Sinclair's um, book. What was that? Uh, uh, not Upton Sinclair. Is, it, is that Sinclair yeah. Lewis's book? Upton Upton Sinclair, right? The, yeah, the, the Lith- yeah, Upton Sinclair, the Lithuanian immigrant is the lead character. Yeah, yeah, the meat packing, yeah. right? Yeah, it's like about meat packing and how incredibly unsafe it was and how everything is it's just like basically death on a plate. And because of that, that's how we get all the laws and all things with food safety regulations. So I don't agree at all that, you know, it's just gonna be another day if this gets out. You know, I think that's well, but how how long ago fun. did that come out? Uh the Upton right. Sinclair book? That was, that that was over that came in nineteen oh four, yeah. Yeah. Nineteen oh four, wow. Happened. That's when we got those rules, and I mean, I'm just using it because it's one that I know. Um, there's been plenty of different ones since then. I just don't know as many. Um, I'm not a really great person with American history, but um, I think that, that that a lot of times that there would be like a, a rule 
um, that there would be like laws implement, implemented or rules taken. I mean, maybe they would just be like, hey, if you find a giant star in the sky, star monster in the sky, don't piss it off and bring it to, to the earth. You know, it might be something stupid, but it also might be something that's helpful. Like, don't experiment on children. Don't well, kill but children. I'll also point out uh, that there's a book that just came out, and I apologize, I don't know the title. And it basically talks about um, why it is that so many people in Congress, uh, both the House and the Senate, um, go in poor and they come out rich. Right. Um, yeah. Or not? So I, I, actually, that's not true. They don't go in. They, they go in they, middle class. Middle class. They go in middle out, class and come out wealthy. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. it talks about all the things they can do, like how you know they they can do things that would be insider trading if that if they were in, uh, in in working on Wall Street. And the sad thing is, I remember this same exact book coming out ten years ago by a different author, and right. there was the usual: did the, all the tours, did all the talk shows, and the morning shows, and. And everyone agrees, oh, this is, you know, these things have to be done. And nothing was done the first time, and nothing's going to be done with this time. And I'm sure in 10 years, someone's going to write another book pointing out all the same stuff, and still nothing's going to happen. Right. Um, and like you said, you just, I mean, Sinclair was 120 years ago. You can find some things, you know, uh, where, where, where things take effect. A lot of times the, the changes are marginal. Um, they aren't really significant. They don't uh, have the the impacts that people think they do. Uh, the, the, there's a reason why we're still teaching Upton Sinclair, um, and you don't have a whole lot of modern equivalents. So, right. Uh, I like the thing. I mean, and that was like the what 70s was it? Was it's that? not super new, but the Aaron Brockovich um, book and uh, like the, her whole story. Um, with the poisoned water in her neighborhood right. from the right. from the killer plant. I mean, you know, stuff happened because of what she did. You know, they they had to make more laws about that. And like, um, I'm in a psychology class, and they were talking about Fort Lejeune, I think it is, um, about the uh, contamination of the water uh, affecting the babies of the women on that camp. And um, how they had to make laws because of that. And now they're still not enough. It's not, you know, it's it's not anywhere near what it should be, but it's it's something. It's making progress towards the right way. What is the old saying? And, yeah, it's hackney now or whatever, but still it, it does make a lot of sense. Is the arc of is, the I'm pretty sure there are already laws on the books about not experimenting on children. Uh, I, believe me, I've been working against those for years. but. Um, the whole point of doing it in quarter motifs, of course, was the fact that they could do it there. Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, we, we we've known that. Like when George W. Bush's administration, they would have the 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 torturing of of Islamic prisoners happen in Pakistan or other countries, not in the U.S. type of thing. Yeah. So, um, the, the similar the type of idea. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So this is kind of the same thing in a sense. But we're uh, going to have these these sorts of debates all the time, and there's always this um, the, the the idealism versus the practicality, and you know, when is it right? When is it wrong? Um, you know, when do you when is it important to compromise your ideals, and when is it important to stick to your ideals? Uh, I was just listening to a debate today discussing about the difference between uh, Frederick Douglass and John Brown. Uh, 
where John Brown was, uh, where both of them were abolitionists, but John Brown uh, was a, took was it to of, 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 of murdering people. Yeah, um, so, you know, and Frederick Douglass, who was, I, th- I think is a great American, uh, also was, you know, was very much in favor of, of everyone having the right, to, well, every adult having the right to vote. Uh, when he realized that wasn't going to happen, he was had no problem really saying, but if only we're not going to give it to everybody, we should at least give it to the black people more than the women. Um, it wasn't what he wanted. What he wanted was everyone to get the right to vote, but he recognized that they weren't going to get everything right now. Uh, so if he had to pick and choose which one to get, he said, you know, it's better that black men get the right to vote than the white women do. Um and that's so, where he and Susie yeah. B. Anthony uh, split ways for a while. I'm sure. And they, they ran – was she the president and he was the vice president? They ran on a third-party ticket? Oh, I don't remember that. I know that she was yeah. just – she was just known as the I, – I never – I don't remember her actually running for president. And I mean, I've, I've, oh. I've been to her house. It's a museum. It's in my hometown. And I don't ever remember seeing a uh, Susan B. Anthony for president. What, what, town, what, what town? Uh, Missouri or, or, or oh, so it's in New York? Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Right, yes, now, um, uh, I don't, I don't mean to. I don't, I don't mean to, to throw this out, but uh, we should probably go back to the movie. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Because, because I'm sure. I mean, it was a good topic, but, but you, you know, it was now going off to real, really off topic um, okay. to the movie. Uh, okay. Say so we we haven't talked a lot about Harley Quinn. Yeah. Let's go ahead, Frank. Um, who was the breakout character in the first film? Uh, yep. intentionally, and it obviously was a breakout character in in the uh, first in Batman the Animated Series and then brought into the comics and uh, has changed a lot over the years. And um, basically, she became such a fan favorite character. Well, they decided uh, to make her an anti-hero, right? Well, yeah, basically, because what happened is that she was in an abusive relationship with the Joker, right, and always had been. And personally, I was fine with that because Joker is a villain. Um, and well, not not in the last movie. He was a hero. No, he wasn't. Yes. And um, <laughs> anyway, and, but the they said, you know what? Little girls are cosplaying as, as Harley Quinn, and so uh, probably shouldn't like have or, a stay or, in relationship. Or, or they they thought was. Oh, we can make more money off of this character, so let's make her an anti-villain. Oh well, no, well, no, they were already making plenty of money off of her, uh, and they 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 made some changes to to make her a little bit safer, for lack of a better term. Yeah, less evil. Uh, no, I don't know about less evil. She's still an anti-hero, but they just and and Margot Robbie will insist that the character's a sociopath. Um, she just has a sociopath with some limits. Um, but. Uh, I, I, but yeah, so she was a breakout character there. I think Birds of Prey came out right before yeah. the pandemic. Yeah, so it, was, it was around this time. It was, it was, it was close. It was, it was like Jan- it was like February twenty twenty, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think so, been... and that movie was decent. I, have... I liked it. You're... Yeah, we did an episode on that. Um, and but she's just perfect for the role, as I said before. But the whole idea is that she's a character coming out of a damaged relationship, and is trying to assert her her, her independence. And uh, one of the things they did in the um, 
the, the character has a tattoo on her back, for example, that says the prop that in the first film said the property of Joker, and in this this time around says the property of no one. Um, so they're trying to uh, 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 da- da- daddy's little whatever daddy's little monsters on the front, yeah. and the property yeah. of, of uh, the property of is on the back. Uh, and there's some tattoos they just submitted because they thought they were dumb. Uh, but uh, you know, she has a story arc too, and which is a bit of. Uh, you know, finding these these characters who give her some support, and uh, you know, finding sort of her own place in the world, and she becomes sort of the hero who uh, ends up, you know, certainly being a big part in slaying the monster at the end. Um, she finds you know, purpose for the javelin. Thing they all do. Hmm? Yeah. She finds purpose javelin. for the javelin. Yes. Um, uh, yeah, and and this film, Peacemaker, was the breakout character. Uh, maybe. Um, but John the movie Cena? didn't do well oh, enough. On, to, yeah, but the movie didn't. The, the movie didn't do well enough to have a breakout character. Uh, well, again, I, I know, like you said, I, I'm still saying that the COVID did it a lot because it, it went, you know, pretty quick to the to to VOD for you know to bring up HBO and the Max and all that stuff. So, but I, I still think it was popular enough that. His character was a breakout character, but, you know, I, I mean, it may, semantically, we may be talking the same, but sounding like we're arguing. No, I don't think there was a whole lot of people demanding a Peacemaker series when this was over. Um, but seeing his performance was so remarkable in, in the role that I think everybody loved that character. I think everybody liked a lot of the characters in this film. Um, I think if he had done a spinoff almost on almost any of them. Uh, or at least the survivors that might might have been able to be successful, but um, but Margot Robbie is just clearly the breakout character of this, the the movie series. Um, and I think there's but, a reason for it. He is just absolutely magnetic in the role. Yeah, but but you know all all three of the films that her character as Holly Quinn starred in were, were bombs. No, the Suicide Squad, the original Suicide yeah, Squad. Yeah, but it, but 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 a lot of people think the movie wasn't that good. No, but nobody complained about her. I'm not saying anybody's yeah. complaining about the characters. The, the, but I don't no, but think she her... was a breakout character from that film. Her merchandise sold very well. The movie sold very well. People didn't yeah, like the right. movie because it had a terrible story. It was I'm, not I'm, well edited. Uh, yeah, but her not, character not... did really well. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. But but when they gave her her own film, it it, it was a bomb. Again, though, you can see that was because of It did not do as well as it could have. Absolutely not. Yeah, you're right. But also, it was another film with, with some flaws to it. Um, where sure. they had to bring it in, have it reshot. and Right. Yeah, I, I, th- I think this film was great because, because of James Gunn. And, and although oh, all the people – I mean, everybody in it was great, too. But James Gunn was able to make the story to, that made everybody shine. You know. Yeah. And it yeah. found a good balance for all of yeah. I think yeah. visually the the sequence she has escaping from prison. Yeah, that was a great scene. It was fantastic. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, and the thing that was great yeah. about the film. Oh, God, uh, well, I just want to say the thing that was great about the film was that like even Pete Davidson's his character was so limited in the film, or, or even Michael Rooker's character because he it was through his point of view the the, the first fifteen minutes. I mean, they, they're all memorable. I mean, I I walked out. Shutting off the film last night when I went to bed, thinking to Pete, Pete Davidson's character, it was awesome. You know, so I, I, it's just funny how how so many roles 
were memorable. But Amy, you were going to say something? Uh, I was just going to say that um, if people watch this movie, it might be one of the things to to just watch it for is the um, escape scene with Harley Quinn because it's it's just done so incredibly well. But you know what? That scene, even though how awesome it was, you could argue the the rebel base invasion was another one. I mean, James Gunn was able to just have so many of these type of scenes that you could just cut 15 minutes, the whole first 15 minutes, you know, I mean, that, the, 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 the base, the, the diversion team, you know, I mean, so there's a few of them. So I, I'll give the Holly Quinn scene, the dibs, and it was so well done, but you could point out a lot of scenes in this film that were as good, I think, uh, that are as memorable. And- and ha, I've been trying to say that, um, but you can totally see um, uh, Viola Davis um, doing, setting the the first team as a diversion. That was like their whole point. I think she meant for them to get killed the entire time. I, I think so, you could be right. Yeah, I think you could be right. Yeah. Even, even, though, even though Davidson's character supposedly sold them all out. I, th- I think she was intentionally planning to have that whole group. Yeah. yeah so when she, like, yeah. they're the diversion. Yeah. I, I suspect she pulled Davidson's character, knowing yeah. full well he was yeah. going to sell them out. Yeah, you could be right, Mike. Yeah. I also thought it was funny when uh, Harley was in the interrogation scene, and the uh, the general was trying to get the information, and he's like, "How many soldiers are there?" Sixty nine. Oh, that was and he's awesome! Like, oh my god, how how you could have got that many soldiers? And then the other guy's like, <laughs> like, oh. <laughs> you, you know what was great about that scene was it, it was real, it, even though it was yeah. funny and stuff. The the, the general and, and the and the torturer, they were playing it fully straight the entire yep. time, and it was like, and then the, the, it was funny when the general left and the the torturer starts going on his texting, texting emoticons, and then he right. uh, takes them out. Right, right. That was awesome. Yeah. I, my favorite line of hers probably was at this at the beginning of the movie when she's talking to Javelin, and Javelin is played by I don't remember the name. The act, his name is a German comedian. Yeah, and she yeah. says, "I I just oh, love, I love your, your accent. accent." Yeah, and he says, "Oh, American girls love the accents." And she says, "Yeah, that's because we ain't got none of our own." <laughs> right. Yeah, 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 yeah. She's got the, the, the yeah, she's got the Brooklyn accent. It's kind of funny. Oh. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah, but it's yeah. funny because it's like you could, almost every character had at least one or two funny moments. Yeah. And it right. wasn't like over the top or annoying or felt like it was like shoved in there. Like it just felt natural <laughs> to the characters and the point in the story. And, and that's true. right, exactly. It felt in character. It well, didn't detract I, from the story. Things I, like, I, well, uh, oh, Mike, I'm sitting next to a werewolf or. <laughs> well, Mike, the, the good one with, with her talking to this German guy, and you can see that they have like an interest in each other. And. When he dies and she can't figure out the, the javelin, how much of a sociopath she really is, because even though she had interest in him, she she's already moved on because she's like completely clueless and because she's just so cluster B. Fuck up. It's it's kind of funny. And, and then you move to uh, the the scene where she's brought to El Presidente, and he proposes marriage to her, 
Uh, right, and then when she sees him na- half naked, she's yeah, I'm on board. <laughs> yeah, and but at first, like when he proposes to her, and he says, "It's well, you, our, our people think you would be." Uh, my people demand that, that, that I'm married, and they think you would be my ideal wife. And you can see she's dejected until he starts to say, and then he says, "But now that I've met you, and you know, and he's, and she turns around very quickly when she realizes he's actually in love with her, and then just where they set, they literally set the place on fire with their their lovemaking. Um, yeah. And well, it is Margot Robbie. <laughs> It is Margot Robbie, I'm just saying. Yeah. Anyway, continue. But then, and, and, and he was hot. And, but then when she decides, she shoots him because he says it's he's going to It's a red flag him. when you murder kids. <laughs> right, and it's not because he's murdering kids that he's murders him so much. It's because it's a red flag. It's, it's, it's a red, red flag, and she doesn't want him to turn into a stalker who, who will... Or, or another her. joker, or another joker. Exactly. Yeah. She does yeah. it for completely selfless, selfish reasons. Right, um, right. She does the right thing, and that's what makes her a good anti-hero. Right, right, right. Exactly, exactly. Well, that's the thing. That's the same thing with Peacemaker, right? Everything he does, it's the same. It's just like her. It's like he's doing it for the right reasons, but it's for the selfish reasons. It's just kind of funny. The other characters are kind of, I don't know, they're just awesome. They are just and awesome. And his, uh, his uh, helmet is not a toilet bowl. It's freedom! It's liberty. <laughs> it's, it's a symbol right. of freedom. Right, right, right. And that was another improvised line. I mean, the um, thing with Peacemaker is he know he doesn't think he's a bad guy. I mean, no, he doesn't. I mean, everybody oh, else knows they're a bad guy, but Peacemaker doesn't think he is. He doesn't have that self-awareness. Right. Well, because because they. They, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, he he does so many heroic things and saves the world, and yet, yeah, he, he's 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 clueless. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. I mean, again, that we're we're talking about Peacemaker the show, which is yeah, the show next, which, which is going to be our ne- yeah, it's going to be our next episode. But but yeah, it's it's, it's kind of interesting. It is a great character. It's just a great character. It's Dana is, it's is perfect, perfect for him. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Like Robbie <laughs> is perfect for Holly Quinn. The senior is perfect for this character. He's just unbelievable. Yeah, he's awesome. So again, you come back to the casting is just excellent job, right? By a gun. And it, there's not too many movies that he's involved well, with and, and, and like that Vigilante, he's had terrible casting, right? Right, right, right. And then Vigilante is like the breakout character in that show. So, and just, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> and Phil's favorite moment of all time, the Taylor oh, yeah, well, Swift reference. Oh, that, that that's going to be, be the... the uh, Cut and, and used in, in the next episode for sure. Yeah, the, nice. the joke that launched two podcast episodes. Amy, you were trying to say something, I think. Yes, exactly, Mike. Exactly. Yeah, Amy, you were going to say something. Amy, Amy, did we lose you? Or are you mute? Are you on mute again? Oh no! Hello, can you hear me? Yeah, we hear you. There you go. Go ahead. Um, yeah, you, you yeah. say something. Peter Capaldi. Um, I loved his character too. Because the, he's like, all of these guys, even though they know that they're bad guys, they kind of in their heads still think that they're heroes. Like Peter Capaldi, yeah. has, he's drunk the Kool-Aid. He knows exactly what he is and where he's, you know, that he's bound for hell or whatever. Like, and he's just, he's just kind of saying everything honestly, just like, you know. Is he the thinker? Kind of yes. Yes. What? Yes, he's the no. thinker, Phil. So continue. 
continue. We were just trying to figure out which character you were talking about. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, the the former Doctor Who. Um, yeah, the, but yeah, I just he was he was like so uh, incredible because he was like way worse than all of the other people, but yet at the same time he still had truth to tell. And and James Gunn does a great job of highlighting those. And he's honest yeah, he, with himself. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And the bad I doctor. love there's the look he gives. And I think it's Star Wars says I've like he's been captured me and tortured me for the last thirty years, and he just has that sort of look on his face, like, "Yeah, hey, what are you gonna do?" Yeah, you know, <laughs> you're sort of like the, the like the person who got caught cheating on his diet. Yeah. Yep. Oh, yep. oh, you know what? This movie does show the woman's bits because of the strip joint. So obscene. We forgot about that. Yep. So it has uh, both male male and woman bits. Yep, it does. Summer actual bits that they've been through. Yes. Yeah, yeah, the weasel it was a bit. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the funny thing, too, was at the end when they do the two post-credit uh, sequences where you have you find out the weasel's still alive. Yeah, and that was the awesome. The other one, when you find out that they've, in fact, saved Peacemaker, which will then yeah. lead us to the Peacemaker series. Right, right. And I, I don't know, I wasn't following these movies or the show at the time, but I'm curious if that, when it was shown, that scene, if they had announced the Peacemaker TV show yet. Well, I think they're saying that they already had, because he'd already been doing the eight episodes during the making of the Suicide Squad, right? So he'd already written all that stuff, so he would obviously would have gotten the treatment or whatever to HBO, and then they announced in September 2020 that it was going through, and this came out in 2021. Right, right. So was all. We can't make those eight episodes in one year. Well, no. it, it, right, right. right. Because, because it's like one of those things. Like, like you know, we just did the. All of us, uh, except you and me, were and you, Sean, were, were uh, in Mystic, Connecticut, for the Dark Discussions podcast meetup group, and uh, we saw the Voyage of the Demeter. I know you wanted to go, Amy, but yeah, you couldn't. Um, but we saw the movie, and that movie has an ending that leads to. Okay, they, they're going to go for a universe or a sequel, whatever. But again, it was a bomb, so that most likely is not going to happen now. It's never going to happen, yeah. Yeah, which is which is you know what it is. But here, they, this could have happened too if if they decided there would you know if this was a bomb, right? But I guess like even though it didn't make money. Maybe James Gunn had already had it written in his contract that, yeah, this was going to happen. Well, I and, think it helped that you had HBO Max, you know, needed content. Yeah. Right. Well, and, and John Cena for the role, and so, and he was so well good at it. And like I said, by 2018, he was just beginning to break out as an A-lister. So I, th- I think it was just a perfect, you know, storm, the perfect storm where everything came together at, at the same time. Was Peacemaker a hit? Like, did, did, did that do well? I have no idea. I, th- I think it did. Uh, I, I mean, I, I think it. I think it did. I mean, they're already talking about a, a, a season two, possibly too. So, well, uh, there is a season two. Uh, I think that was contractual, or, or, or that was agreed on. Yeah. But this is this is the thing, Amy. That we've we've always talked about, which is how the hell do we know if these things are successful on these streaming series? In fact, that's part of the exactly uh, yeah. the reason well, you have to break that- is that. Is that these these actors and writers who would used to get paid royalties for uh, based on ratings, and they get paid royalties for uh, syndication? 
you know, they don't know like how many how many people have watched you know Stranger Things or Peacemaker or um uh well, things, things or any now. of these things. Everything well, changes though, cool. you know. Well, it, yeah, everything changes, I, but these the, 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 the changing in a way that they don't get paid for the work that they did. Yeah, but, but I, and again, I, I don't know which side. I'm not going to take a side, but again, you know, you, we, it's hard to compare 40 years ago with today. You know, I mean, especially what now. 40 when years ago, just make, 10 years ago. Well, you, you can just go go to YouTube, and 90 percent of the things I watch is YouTube or Rumble. So I don't I don't even watch TV or movies that much anymore. So you don't even need certain things anymore because you can get. T- great stuff elsewhere so i don't know so you can't look and 10 years ago or 40 years ago and say well that's how it used to be and it, and it should still be that way because again i no, but don't the even point is that these are companies that are now have a brand new revenue stream open to them that they're not sharing with the people who actually create the content that they're streaming right that's well, the problem it, yeah. it, well it, de- it depends on 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 how that works out is are they buying the content are they hiring the people or are they Doing these unions. No, they're not getting anything. You know, I don't. I don't know. I I just. It doesn't. It doesn't matter. They have a vested interest in the project and knowing how well it's doing. I'm sure. Well, James Gunn's making plenty of money. I'm I'm sure Cena got paid big bucks, and and Robbie did, right? I mean, it's it's not really what we're talking about. The only thing I was going to say that aside is since we don't get numbers, I was going to say though that IMDb has Peacemaker at 8.3 out of 10. And Rotten Tomatoes has it at ninety four percent. Oh yeah, yeah, it got excellent reviews. It's got reviews good great. reviews in there. Yeah, 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 the reviews are huge. Yeah. What does IMDb have for um, the movie? Same, pretty much the same. The movie, movie okay. got great reviews as well. Yeah, yeah. Okay. This, this was this was a media uh, critic darling. Both both. So it was seven point two out of ten and ninety percent on uh, Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, so so yeah, pretty close. Really close. Yeah, yeah. 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 Peacemaker did a little better. Yeah, little exactly. Better, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. Uh, well, looking at the time, I'm gonna have to get going pretty soon. I'm yeah, what's that? No, that's fine. We, we can start wrapping it up because we recorded for about two hours now, anyway. Um, and. Uh, yeah, jumping well, around. Get to the, maybe get to the ending then. All right, uh, all right, Amy, can you stay for the ending? Just talk about that. Yeah, I can talk for like another ten minutes or so. All right, that's perfect. That should be enough. All right, so uh, Mike, go ahead. What, what do you want to bring up? Well, so the whole idea is the the the, the plot point is, is the character of Starro the Conqueror, who I think was the villain in the very first issue of Justice League, and I remember. I didn't see the character, but I knew about the character. Like, I didn't read a story with it. And it just seemed like such a ridiculous idea. Mm-hmm. A giant killer starfish is the reason you need to get the world's greatest superheroes together. And he actually does a really good job of, not only does he take Starro, he makes him like this bright, because I think the character is pink in the comic. And it's pink and, like, blue, like baby blue. And yet, still makes it such a kind of a creepy character with the people with yep. the star faces on their the fish on their face. I would have expected a minimum for them, like to just change the color up to make it look more intimidating. But he gets it to work, and and and, and he's not really a villain because he's more like a Cthulhu character, which is like people are just insignificant, and it's like, why am I even here? And this well, he was right. brought there, right? Yeah, so, yeah. So he's happy watching he's there. there. Right, right. And, and since he's not human, he's just looking at humans like we would look at, like, mosquitoes that we slap on a hand, arm, you know? So I, I don't even consider him that much of a villain. 
Well, but he also says he was happy just he was floating in just space staring the at the stars. And he right. was perfectly happy oh. doing and that. And then we tortured the him. <laughs> and by, by we, I mean you, Phil. Uh, because we're blaming everything on you today. Um, dragged him out of his peaceful state and forced him to uh, to be part of these experiments and be tortured. And yeah, that explains so. yep. why, you know, he becomes what he becomes. Right. Well, and he, again, though, I'm, I still look at him as like a Cthulhu character, which is people aren't really – you know, just like insects to him. So it's it's like not only did we torture him, but I I don't think he's feeling like he's doing anything bad by killing people because people are just you know pests. They're they're, they're the pests that that we would kill uh, that that you know kill crops or something. You know, it's just, go on, the, the cool thing too is that it's very sci-fi horror. When you look right. when they're trying to pull the starfish off of the the faces and yeah yeah it's like it, alien it reminded me of alien yeah, yeah. of the yeah. face hugger stuff right so yeah yeah I thought oh, that the was James like, that James Gunn not the James Gunn film that uh, Ryan Reynolds film where yes, they life life yeah, life yeah exactly remind me of that film exactly yeah yeah and so so I was thinking thinking that yeah I, I agree with you Mike that they they well not they but James Gunn went like it was in in the source material, and it, yet it works, even if it is pink and it is kind of ridiculous. And he he made he made he pulled it off perfectly. He pulled it off yeah. perfectly. Because yeah. that was the thing. It's like, how are you going to pull Starro off? And he did an excellent job. Yeah, yeah. And I liked how they made it as a kaiju too, and yes. and that 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 works. And and then you know, I, I just had all these weird references like Cthulhu and all this other stuff, and so I had actually had pity for him at, at points. But you were going to say yeah. something, Amy? Yeah, the um, they used the old the the Merlin um wizard battle trick. It's like who can kill this huge thing? All of the little people, all of the little people getting together, all of the rats coming together, and you know, and and she and he was like, "This is my city," and um. Ratcatcher is like, no, it's not. Nothing, none of this is ours. Um, the rats rule, rule everything. They're in everywhere. And then they go and attack and eat the um, star, giant sorrow. And I think that's amazing that they did that. And again, also that brings up James Gunn's um, animal rights positions, too. And um, so in the end, they they end up being able to save the world because they really rule the world. Well, and I liked how that is because it reminded me of uh, another thing that popped up in my head was War of the Worlds, like the lowest of yeah. lowest, at least in yeah. people's eyes, and, were the ones that saved the world. And what was it that yeah. Psycho Wikidi's character had said when he was talking to his daughter was that yeah. the lowest and the ugliest still have yeah. value. And if yeah. they have value, what does that say for everyone else? Which exactly. I thought and was that applies really to the Suicide Squad themselves, right, who are these yeah. – Prisoners, yep. and let's be honest, we uh, as a society don't tend to think well of our, our people behind bars. We don't mind that they are asked to volunteer for medical experimentation. Um, you know, so, and, you know, truthfully, some of them have done some really freaking oh, yeah. things. Absolutely. So, uh, but, but I, I but, think that's but part even, of it, these characters but, fighting worth in themselves. Right, right, and it, but yeah, even though these prisoners and, and even the Suicide Squad people have done a lot of bad things because they've all mass murdered people, they, you still have to treat them as with dignity. 
um, because they're still human beings. And, and if you're uh, a subject of the government, meaning you're a prisoner, the government is supposed to treat you with dignity even if you are – "Quote unquote, a criminal, so or a murderer or whatever. So I, I, I feel that's a that's a fair point, or um, at least that's what I'm adding to the conversation. I, I don't know if anybody actually said that, but I always bring this up, Mike, about Jeffrey Dahmer, and I, I you know, when we talk about the serial killer movies for the Dark Discussions podcast, and I always say, well, he should have not been in general population, and it was a disgrace the government let him get killed, and all this, and you say, yeah, but he did all those terrible things, and you're absolutely right, but again. He's still a prisoner and yeah. a ward of the state, and the state is supposed to protect him even if he is a no good bastard. You know, so yeah, I, I think you're right, Amy. I was going to oh, go on, Amy. You're going to probably say what I was going to say. Thought you were going to say. Right. It goes back to the hard drive where that was what. Um, oh, I suddenly can't think of his name. Um, the character that I killed. Um, what he was saying was like, you know, I'm a little trample and, um, Peacemaker wanted to take it back to the, um, government to, you know, hide that and cover that all up. But it's the whole movie's kind of revolving around the idea of, of giving people their respect that they deserve and treating them decently and like an actual entity, an actual human or a not a human necessarily, but a, a person, like um, the personhood of all creatures and all um, animals and human Individuals. And star monsters. <laughs> yeah, it's, yes, even yeah. star creatures. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah and, and, and poor, poor Polka Dot Man dies a hero. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I but thought he was going to make it, too. The only reason I would have not thought he would have made it was because he's, he was the only non-A-lister. In, in the in the out of the weeds, he wanted to die. He kept saying, oh, "Well, um, actually, Rat Catcher, she wasn't a a lister either." Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So, yeah. so um, they did give us before he went, possibly the greatest kaiju of all. Yes, his mother. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and I love that they used. A regular soccer-looking soccer mom type woman to play the role instead of some hot woman like they usually do for you know as they usually would do you know. She looked but, like a meanie, so it was perfect. It worked out. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. She was she was probably worse than Walla. Well, they might be on the same or pretty close, is what I would say. Yeah, but, yeah. But I just like the good. attention, like we talked about, it, the attention to the detail, where like. When he literally sees, he sees her everywhere, and then the sequences where you actually see from his perspective, and you're like, you know, just like how the characters are all wearing the, the same stuff the characters wear, but it's his mother. But I, I, would, I, would, I would say Walla was Walla was better than. I mean, it's, it's degrees, but the mother actually tortured her own children. That's even worse than just random people. So which which was which was better? The mom is kaiju. Or the mom that was the entire Suicide Squad. That's what I was saying. It's hard to, to choose because they were both yeah. awesome. Yeah, they were both awesome. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know what? I have to say maybe the kaiju because we get to see her leg get ripped off. <laughs> Even by the rats. <laughs> so, th- so that was probably a little better. It <laughs> 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 <That> was awesome. <laughs> All right, well, to, to be fair for uh, Amy, since uh, she, yeah, uh, she, we need to start wrapping up. So let's start wrapping it up. Uh, Mike, uh, that's all you get to uh, We're all done, right, Mike? 
Yeah, I think so. I think we've we've tapped this. All right, fair enough. All right, so let's uh, give our final thoughts. But before we do, uh, uh, Mike, uh, what's the podcast that me, you, and Eric do on the side once a month? Cinema a la carte, uh, which is the Dark Discussions podcast spinoff where the three of us discuss films that are not typically Dark Discussions material. We each take turns picking a film, and then we we beat it to death for, for about an hour and a half to two hours. Indeed. And uh, Barrett, what's the, the main podcast all about? And what's it called? Dark Discussions. Uh, basically, we discuss horror movies in general. Once in a while, we do a genre movie, but uh, yeah. That's it. And uh, Amy, what's the podcast that you used to do monthly, but now it's uh, maybe twice a year? What, what's that one called? Oh, she left. She dropped off. All right. So uh, I'll tell. Uh, it's called Fish Nets and Phantoms and Fish Nets. Uh, it's uh, uh, Amy. Amy, you're back. Uh, what, what's what's that podcast that you used to do monthly, but now is is bi yearly? Um, it's a fishnets and phantoms and, um, I do have one that I need to send you, but for some reason my, uh, Gmail is down and I'm having a hard time getting it back, but I'll figure out a way and get you, uh, the next one. It's a, uh, multiple review, um, one, uh, there's a little bit of dated material in it about the orcas. Um, but yeah, it's pretty good. And this time my, my cat actually turned the phone off. She decided to stand on it and turn it off. Was it me this time? Yeah. <laughs> All right, so let's give our final thoughts on the, this uh, movie here called The Suicide Squad, uh, James Gunn. So let's start with you, Sean. Uh, I absolutely love this movie. It's another excellent uh, piece of art from Mr. Gunn. Uh, I recommend it, except for people who are maybe not so into the violence aspect, but everything else is absolutely awesome. And as I say, it's one of the best DC movies in my opinion, aside from Joker or the Christopher Nolan trilogy. All right, sounds good. Uh, what about you, Kevin? Fun movie, worth a watch. Watch it. All right, sounds good. Amy, what do you got? I love this movie so very much. I love the music to it. I love the way it's done, everything about it, like um, the cinematography, the, just all of the stuff that they did with it. And I didn't mind the last one that much either. Um, but yeah, just definitely go out and see it. Uh, if you have an aversion to violence, okay, yeah, then maybe, um, wash it with the idea that it's all comic violence. It's all comic book sort of violence. So the stuff that's over the top isn't really meant to be over the top. It's, um, supposed to be fun. And it's, it's a lot of fun if you take it that way. All right. Sounds good. Uh, yeah, for me, um, yeah, it's a great film. Um, and, uh, the teaser, with uh, at the end with Peacemaker and getting uh, getting that television show just makes it even better, um, and I can see why why uh, uh, the movie did so was well received I should say by both fans and critics even if the box office wasn't huge. Uh, let's go with you, Mike. Yeah, well, uh, I think Sean mentioned art and Amy mentioned violence, and I think uh, one of the greatest melding of the two is the scene where uh, King Shark takes a soldier and rips him in twain in front of the lightning bolt. Um, which, by the way, the while the King Shark was CGI, the body was a practical effect. 
um, that they pulled apart with wires. It was a it's a it's a beautiful beautiful moment. Uh, if you can enjoy something like that, you will you will definitely enjoy Suicide Squad. It, it, it is something that in, that works on, on a metaphorical level. Uh, and a thematic level, and also the performances are great, and and the the um, the humor is there. It's a just a really good fun time all the way around. Love this movie. It's one of my favorite comic book movies. Go or see it. It's great. All right, sounds good. So uh, once again, this is uh, the Suicide Squad, nineteen uh, twenty twenty one. Uh, James Gunn film uh, with an all-star cast, uh, so uh, you can check it out for free right now if you own uh, a subscription to uh, Vax, which is the old HBO Max, which is the old HBO, um, and you can uh, VOD it or buy the disc as well uh, anywhere um, you can find discs. It's or- on Netflix up in Canada. Oh, there you go. So for the Canadian folk, it's free on Netflix. So there you go. Uh, other countries, you'll have to do your own research. Um, and, uh, so if you have a VPN, you can put yeah. in a Canadian VPN, use Canadian Netflix, and watch it for, quote-unquote, free. There you go. There you go. You'll have to tell me how to do that. Uh, either way, um, uh, that's pretty much it. So uh, to wrap it up, uh, Kevin, why don't you lead us out? Thank you very much for listening in to us discussing Suicide Squad. I hope you enjoyed it, and please join us next time when we discuss The Peacemaker. Tell us what's sexy butt. <laughs> <laughs>